Spencer Coburn's The Bald Truth. It's um, it's a big day here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You no longer need to show your pass just to get into a damn restaurant. Good for you Slowly guys. Slowly but surely moving forward. I think, uh, I think that was lifted so. in Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, like last week, Los Angeles County a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, cities like Beverly Hills and, you know, other cities where you were able to go into a restaurant if you were unvaccinated or if you just didn't want to show your vaccination status. Either way, you were able to walk in to a restaurant. <clears throat> and look, I think now we're allowed to say this. To me, the whole thing should have been like, uh... I understand, like, PCR status, you know, testing status. Like, you know, maybe you should test, you know, within three days of b- before going to a crowded place. That kind of makes sense to me since you're able to essentially pass the virus on to somebody else, whether you're vaccinated or not. But what the fuck do I know? I'm not in the government. I'm not in government. <laughs> Is that a trick question? <laughs> 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 What the hell yeah. do I know? I'm not in government. Uh, I'm not Probably part of a, bureauc- a lot more than the government. I'm not part of a bureaucracy. And speaking of bureaucracies, I was talking about the yes. doctors that I had removed from the IHS a couple of weeks ago. And I brought it to the attention of someone who is, you know, very involved with the ABHRS. And the response that I got essentially was, well, that's not what we do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like, well, what the fuck do you do? Well, you know, we put together – it's a very difficult test to pass. We want to make sure that anyone who's performing surgical hair restoration gets this quote-unquote certification, becomes a diplomat or in some cases a diplomate of the ABHRS so they can um, at least show uh, potential patients that they are armed with the information that they need and the knowledge to perform state-of-the-art hair transplant surgery. And I'm like, did you see this picture? Did you see this guy's fucking head? Hey, he passed the test. We don't, we, don't, we don't deal with that. No teeth. ISHRS, ABHRS, it's all – I'm sorry, the guys that really believe He's got in a it. point, though. He's got a point. Technically, that's not what they do. That's true. But give yeah. the guy a call. Like, listen, dude, you know, you're displaying our <laughs> – Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That would involve confrontation. That's true. And potentially some foul words being spoken, some foul well, language. That at the very least, maybe I, even some foul feelings. I do think at the very least the ISHRS and the ABHRS should step back and stop promoting physicians. Stop making it as though that if they're fellows of the ISHRS or that they, if, if they are ABHRS certified, they're somehow – more qualified to perform surgery on human beings than anyone else in this fucked up industry. Well, Don't have fair, a search like, search for just... a physician search for a physician field and your fucking site. If you have no teeth, if That's you're not going to, yeah, 
It's a very good point. Thank you. But um, but <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah. But the uh, the the issue with this doctor, it wasn't whether or not he was able to perform the procedure properly. It's the fact that he handed it off to someone that didn't pass the ABHRS exam and was not a member of the ISHRS. Even worse. Again, going technically speaking. But yeah, yeah. Well, worse, apparently, as a fellow, which leads as, to as a fellow a of the ISHRS, yeah. as someone who has an F, who uses the post-nominal letters, which is a fucking joke to me, of F I S H R S after their name after someone's their MD. Their co- Was that someone's not had their coffee? Someone's <laughs> not had their coffee today. Uh, oh, you made me lose my my train of thought. Post-nominal letters, F-I-S-H-R-S, as part of their credentials, they're supposed to, at least this is what I was informed, you know, of a few years ago, they're supposed to take a pledge that they will be performing the entirety of all of the surgery, at least the surgical aspects of hair transplant surgery. They will not be handing off their surgery to unknown technicians. So if that's actually a thing, if that's actually a rule, then why isn't anything done? I can tell you why. Because it's all fucking horseshit. You're on your own, oh, people. On. You're on, No, no, you're on your own, people. You got us. We're going to do the best we can for you. But besides us, you guys are fucking on your own. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Well, I'm a little, I'm a little fucked had- up today. They haven't had their meeting yet. They haven't had their their uh, their council meeting of the Grand Poobahs to to talk about when they should have a meeting to discuss the issue. So give it time. They may actually do something in twenty twenty five. Possibly. We don't know. Yet there are members who are part of what we call do, me who, devil's who, advocate. <laughs> who are who are grand poobahs in the ISHRS, who are former presidents of the ISHRS, who are now board certified in the ISHRS, who lost their shit because when I started the Global Hair Loss Summit two years ago, one of our uh, faculty members was a Turkish physici- physician who's known to utilize technicians in their procedure. Mm-hmm. They lost their fucking shit about this. Meanwhile, of course, at least two-thirds of their organization and the ABHRS guys are, are using techs. What kind of bullshit is that? And I don't have a problem Complete with using technicians as long as it's, what was that? It, it, uh, c- complete and utter bullshit, yeah. As long as it's legal in their state or province and that patients understand what's happening, who's going to be touching their scalps and helping to perform the surgery, it's fine. This hair transplant surgery was built on the use and using, utilizing technicians in the practice. And for the most part, with, a, with traditional strip, Technicians did 90% of the work. It's the way it is. Yeah. And some of the big... Some of the founding members. Some of the founding members that stick in place. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the very definition of... The very definition of strip surgery 
with some of the top names in the early days of strip surgery, I'm not talking plugs, but strip surgery, was stick in place, which by definition meant in these in these clinics that the surgeon would take out the strip of tissue, close up the wound, and go golfing. Right. Because the technicians were the ones that would make the incision and place the grafts in those incisions. That's one, that's one of the works. greatest names. The grandfather of follicular unit transplantation, Bobby Limmer, had a complete stick-in-place practice. No one bitched about that. No one was like, oh, you know what? You're using technicians to perform surgery. Didn't make a difference. The only time it began to make a difference is when the pie was getting a lot smaller for the old guys Mm -hmm. and a lot bigger for anyone else who wanted to get involved in performing hair transplant surgery. So, guys, I'm telling you right now, it's all bullshit. We will guide you in the best possible direction when it comes to anything and everything hair loss. We will guide you in the best possible direction when it comes to, you know, having the information that you need to at least have a fucking fighting chance when, when having a hair transplant. But everything else that you see out there, I am telling you, I'm going into my 25th year and I, don't, I give zero fucks right now. It's all bullshit. And all of the hair transplant porn that you are seeing on your social media feeds, holy shit, what I saw today, and that's why I'm pissed off. I just wanted to vomit. Jamie, where are my pills? You know, what's, <laughs> what's interesting to me is I, I thought this the other day. It's like if, if some of the, um, I don't know, the names or the organizations – in our industry um, want to fight this onslaught of of clinics that are you know pandering to the lowest denominator through Instagram and you know really really making these we'll say these juvenile posts where it's it's really shooting towards the early twenty somethings. You know, where it's got the, the, the patient standing next to the doctor and like a couple of assholes are standing thumbs up and pointing at each other's heads. It's like it's it's so it's so tired to see that at this point. But if you really want to combat that, I think that a good idea is to stop mimicking their behavior on social media. Because some of these people, some of the big names in the in the in the organizations, they have their own uh, uh, Instagram feeds. They're doing the same shit. Oh yeah, That's and they ridiculous. and they look ridiculous doing it. They they look even dumber than the people that they're trying to emulate and combat at the same time. Because it's these guys that have been in the industry for thirty years. You know, their 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 grandfathers. At the very least, how dare you? And they're standing next to their patient, you know, doing the thumbs up or pointing at. It's like you you look silly, you yeah. really do. And and it's if you if you are so against that kind of thing, then why are you doing it yourself? I'm I'm, I'm more the older I get, the more disgusted I become. I used to have hope. I really did. I used to have hope. Yeah. I, I was I was young. I was full of hope. And I'm like, we're going to change this industry, and we did for a while. But here's the good news: you find the show, there's a good chance you're going to be okay. You still can still get fucked up. Happens. 
Yeah. But there's a much better chance you're going to be okay. You're going to walk away with the information that you need to make a qualified, well-educated decision moving forward. And, yeah, we talk about different products as well, you know, and drugs that work. But the reality is I, I think the most important aspect of what we do is really discuss and provide people with insight of this bull, the bullshit hair loss industry and, and the hair transplant industry. That's it. I don't care if I have an organization and there's doctors that pay dues to be a part of that organization. You know, if you fuck up, if you really fuck up, like this particular doctor did and others have in the past, I cannot take Mm -hmm. your money. And that's not just being I'm I'm, I'm just uh, it's 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 beyond integrity. It's bad for fucking business, in my view. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There there are two, two levels to that. And both of them are equally as valid. Right. You know, so when people are like, oh, you're being altruistic or, I, you know, I, I try to be – I try to do the best that I can. But my business in general is good medicine. The rest of the field, it's like it's, – it, what I do is the – and what you do, Joe, is the antithesis mm-hmm. of the hair transplant industry. It's inter- let, me, let me jump in on that. We'll, it's we'll take your because... calls in a second, guys. Hold on. We, we talk about the – like – you know, this is what we do, and we don't sell hair transplant surgery. We are the antithesis of exactly what you're saying. And I, I saw recently someone was asking me about a comment by someone on, on a forum where they were defending their position of promoting individual clinics compared to other clinics. It was a, it was a, it was a very interesting discussion that did not reach its potential because the moderation cut it off, oddly enough. And the claim was we don't we don't sell hair transplant surgery when this same forum has consultation forms that go straight to the clinics right. to sell hair transplant surgeries. 100%. If you're not selling hair transplant surgeries, why the fuck do you have consultation forms on your website? First of all, any, that's any, for the clinics to do. Yeah. Anybody who uses a you. website, anyone who utilizes a website that has online consultations, you're fucking idiots. Sorry. These people... Other than the clinic's website. Other, yeah, absolutely. These people yeah. earn a living based on leads. That's it. Yeah. That's how it works. You know, when I, when I told these doctors, when I told this Ohio physician, when he said, why don't you have online consultation forms like other... Websites. I'm like, first of all, we're not a fucking website. Secondly, there are questionable HIPAA issues, depending on the state. And most importantly, we do not sell hair transplants. And if you can't deal with that, then you should not be a part of what we do. You stay with us for years after that. But the point is... There, 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 none of it could be justified. No matter what you read, no matter what moderators post in their forums, whatever, it's all bullshit. Even if people don't really understand the business, if they're newer to the industry, trust me, been doing this for 25 years, what you've been told by your bosses is bullshit. You're just sucked into it now because you're making a living. You've been yeah. fed the bullshit and now you're part of it. Now you're part 
of the the cancer that has plagued this fucking industry. And you know what? Rant over. We're going to take some phone calls. Let's do it. Guys, the phone number is 888-659-3727. We are crushing it online today. Let's see who this is. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, caller, what's up? Hi, Steve here from the UK. Hey, what's your name? Steve. Hey, Steve, what's happening, man? Yeah, not bad. Um, I just rang you guys, really, just for a bit of advice regarding... um, I'm taking at the minute Dutasta, right? Just a bit of a bit of my history. I was on um, Propecia for since about '09. Yeah, so coming on what 13 years now. Okay. Um, I thought it was it was sort of what well, I thought I was losing a bit of ground on it, so I decided to make the the switch to Dutasta, right? Um, I'm taking the generic version of it, and I I was originally taking one a day. Um, I've kind of cut down a bit to sort of one every other day because the problem I'm facing with it is I've started to notice that my beard, I've started to get like circles of really thin, almost bald patches on my beard, which I could otherwise grow like full, no problem. And it's ever since I've switched to the Dutasteride. So I just wanted your opinion whether... You've seen this before. It's something that, that's common in taking the dutasteride. That's a good question. I'm sorry that's happening to you. Let me ask you this. Are are, are the circles very distinct and completely bald, or do they just look like you're, they're patchy? Um, I would say they're, they're patchy. They're really thin. Okay. Yeah, they've gone really thin. They're not well, like completely bald. Well, there, there's definitely a correlation between... Um, Less body hair growth and the uh, mm-hmm. inhibition of five alpha reductase type two, and and now you're doing, uh, you're you're inhibiting type one and type two. So I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. You know, in, in for me, yeah. I used to have, I used to have more hair in my hands. Never a lot, but I used to have more hair in my hands. When I started to use finasteride, all of a sudden I became like this, you know, ten year old Swedish kid. Hair continued to grow on my head. Thank thank God. Uh, but I, yeah. I had less hair on my on my hands and probably on my arms. I'm not sure if I had a lot of hair on my arms. I don't remember. But I had a little bit more hair on the knuckles and stuff like that. Um, so to answer your question, there have been other people who have called the program over the last 24 years that have had the exact same thing, either with finasteride or detasteride. Yeah. So it's very possible that mm-hmm. switching, and now that you have less D- circulating DHT, you're also blocking type 1, 5-alpha reductase, that you are um, not growing. You, your facial hair isn't growing as robustly as it once was. And again, that's this is not information from a yeah. physician. This is just based on years of experience. Yeah, I'm fine. Have you, well, have you experienced uh, – are, are these patches uh, the same on, on both sides, or is it just randomly no. – uh, is it one spot, or is it like like describe how the, the placement of these of these patches? Where are they? Okay, so I've got one on the sort of corner of my chin, like where your goatee would be. I've got one on my neck mm-hmm. on the left side, and also on my cheek on the left side as well. Okay, all right. So so it's random. It's, it's not like it's uh, uh, like a mirror image on one side versus the other. Okay. 
I'm only asking a curiosity yeah. bit because I, I was I was thinking that if it's a general uh, response to the reduction of DHT and how Spencer said it, it, it can affect body hair growth, which I, I agree completely with. Um, I was I, I was thinking that if that were the case, it might it might be an even uh, or a, like like a, me, a mirror image of itself on both sides. Like if it's happening on one one side in a certain spot, Ooh. it's happening on the other side. Like maybe around the the corners of the mouth or something. Like that's a that's a common area where um, people can have trouble growing their full beard uh, to its potential. So I thought maybe that might be what was going on. But you're saying it's kind of a random thing. And there's no there's no pattern to it that you can tell, so yeah. While I I agree with what Spencer's saying, I I gotta wonder if there's something more to it because of that randomness. Mm. Yeah, like yeah, I, I really I'm just speculating. Right. I, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. No, go I'll ahead. Get it, um, proper properly checked out. It's just very hard to get to see a, yeah. a GP at the moment with, with things. I will say, though, since making the switch, this is why I don't really want to come off it, because I do think the dutasteride, I can see a difference in my hair, especially the, the quality of it, like the thickness. I think it has worked for me, so that's why I'm reluctant to stop mm-hmm. it. Whether you know it stops my beard growing, I don't care. You know, I'd sacrifice that. I just thought maybe it was no, a sign enough. that it was... Yeah, yeah. It, it was working a bit better. And yeah, if, if you're, if you're fine without if you're fine without a beard, then it, it really it's not going to make much of a difference in your life. But yeah, I mean it's a good question, yeah. and you should you know when you get a chance just to get checked out. I mean, I, I know where Joe is going. That you know he's wondering if you have uh, alopecia uh, Barbie mm-hmm. or you know alopecia areata in your in your beard. Um, yeah, which is possible. Sometimes it's not just slick. Sometimes and um, it's funny, as a Jewish person, you're not yeah. supposed to touch yourself when you're talking about an issue, and I just did. Um, it's not just, you know, it's it's usually more slick, but sometimes it could be a little diffuse, too. So I know where Joe is, yeah, is yeah. coming from. But That's what I find with mine. Mine's not, like, sleek. It's more like it's gone really lighter, almost light blonde to, to like, the Venice sort of the hair, you know? But with, like with that. that said, even though... In general, you would think it would be a general diffusion or less, you know, overall body hair in a more symmetrical way. I have spoken to people who've had similar issues where it wasn't mm-hmm. symmetrical, where it was patchy, and it kind of like they end up with like like a uh, uh, Keanu Reeves type of beard after they get on medication, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely possible, but yeah, when you get a chance, check check it out to make sure that you don't have alopecia areata. But if it doesn't bother you, then yeah. just shave your beard. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking. How how long after you started after you switched to Dutasteride did this actually begin, and how long have you been dealing with yeah. it? All right, so I switched in January. So I say what what we know April. So from January to April, so three months. So it, yeah, but so it started. It started immediately after you started Dutasteride, or it's just now starting to manifest, or or somewhere well, I in between. Would say, yeah, in between. I would say probably uh, if I had to put it on, probably uh, six weeks after I started it, and I was doing it one every okay. day. Uh, that's okay. when I, I noticed 
I started to see this. It was first at the bottom corner of my chin. It's, it, I thought maybe I was going grey. But then I looked at it in the, the mirror, and it's like, it's not grey, it's going thinner and thinner. Um, and then it started like on the neck and then on the cheek. So, yeah, I definitely... I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. This is, this is going to sound like bizarre advice, and it may not work. Um, well, but if you want to try it, you know, why not? Um, there are some devices that are used for dentistry, that are used for facial rejuvenation, and they're red light therapy devices. They're almost like pens, and they're, they're, a little, mm. they're kind of thick, uh, maybe about you know, the two inches in diameter. They're not that expensive. Yeah. Uh, I have actually seen some you know, anecdotal results of people who have used that on different parts, including their scalp, but on their beards where they saw some, you know, regrowth. And I'm not saying that this is real and that it's scientifically mm. proven, but I have seen it and I've heard about it. I actually know okay. my, my dentist who um, uh, suggested that I use it for a, of a tooth issue and a, a bone issue, uh, said that in her like dental chat, someone who was using it who had alopecia areata of the beard actually regrew hair in that area that they were using this light on. So, you know, if it's something that bothers you, okay. it's a cheap, it's, it could be a cheap fix. Um, mm. and give it a shot. I'm not saying it's going to work or not, but there's anecdotal information out there that these devices seem to help in some, to some degree. And, and on top of yeah, that, I would, I, I, I would also suggest that you could, uh, well, first off, you've only been dealing with this for six weeks. So there is potential that it's temporary, like some sort of strange reaction, like, like you could almost call it like a, a selective regional shock loss to, to, what, to, uh, to switching over. I, I've never heard of it like that, but you never know. But on the, on the flip side of that, uh, I would say give this a few months to see if it resolves itself over time. And if it doesn't, yeah, yeah. C- consider topical... Uh, minoxidil, just uh, at your local uh, chemist, or maybe I don't know if you can get it over the counter in the UK. Um, but get the the droplets and apply that to the areas that are bothering you, and give that a few months to see. Yeah, you know, I'm not a doctor, but that that just seems like a logical mm-hmm. potential option for you to maybe reverse this. You know, in addition to what Spencer was saying, but um, House in the chat room also made a suggestion that I think makes. A lot of sense, and that, and this is something that your dermatologist could could uh, diagnose is if you have ringworm, because that does sound like potentially ring, ringworm as well, and it could be a coincidence that you got it a few weeks after uh, dutasteride, after you started taking dutasteride. Not related, but just yeah. coincidental. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll find out anyway. I've booked in, like, I think, a couple of weeks to see the doctor, and when I do. I, you know, I might have to have blood tests or whatever the normal protocol they do in it. I'll, I'll definitely come back and let you know what what they think Please it is do. or if we found out what it was. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, listen. Yeah. G- good luck. I'm glad. I'm glad at least you're, you're doing you. well hair wise with the detail. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hair, I mean, personally. I, I mean, I can't recommend do testosterone to people, but I would say for me, making the switch is probably the best the best decision I made. Um, I mean, this could be down to that switch. It, it does seem a more 
sort of powerful drug. I, I did cut it down to. I, I spoke to the person I was getting it off of. They said like try it three times a week because it stays in your system longer. That seems to be a bit more beneficial. Um, I, I did feel I was feeling a lot tired with it, and I felt like I was putting on a bit more weight taking it every day. Um, but at the minute, I things are stable. Yeah. I, yeah, Joe, I had that thing. exact same issue as weight gain. I was a fat fuck, yeah. man. <laughs> like I, I could have been on the <laughs> cover of, of, of Fat Is Beautiful. <laughs> I was I was taking was I was taking one, once a day, yeah. Yeah, I, exactly what I found. Yeah, I put on nearly a stoning weight. So, uh, and nah, he turned he turned to Russell me. Russell Crowe in like two months. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Listen, Steve. Yeah. Thanks. For, thanks for the call. And, uh, I wish you the wish best you, of luck. Yeah, thanks for thanks for your, thanks for your um, opinions, guys. Appreciate it. All right, you Cheers. got it, man. Take, yeah, take absolutely. Care. Bye, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Phone number is triple eight six five nine three seven two seven. You know, it's something interesting. I want to ask the next UK caller. <clears throat> I notice that every time someone from the UK says goodbye on the phone, it's never just okay, goodbye. It's bye bye, bye bye. Okay, bye bye, bye bye. Specs does that. Mm-hmm. Everybody, every mm-hmm. when we do the UK show, every UK caller says bye bye like four, five times when they get off the phone. Is that a thing in the UK? It's not like a bad thing. I'm just curious. If that is that the way you say you end the phone call in the UK? No, it's it's a habit for for most. It's not like a proper protocol. It's just a habit with a lot of people. Um, she's telling me if I if I get a, if, if I if I get a chance to speak to the Queen of England, she's not going to do that when she hangs up. Oh no 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 no! I don't think so. A lot of Italians do that too. Really? Mm-hmm. I like it. Yep. It's kind of endearing. All right. Russians too. <clears throat> Russians, yeah, Russians do it a lot too. Triple eight six five nine three seven two seven. Hey, we're on the air. You're on the air. Who's this? Uh, yes. yes. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, thank you so much. Yes. I called you guys several months ago. Um, I don't know if you remember me. I, I'm a part-time, well, a part-time legal analyst on, on some of the cable channels. I'm 60 years old, and I called you. By the way, what you guys do oh, yeah. is so incredible as far as um, you guys giving this information. And the thing is, you guys know these doctors. You know, we don't know these doctors. You guys know these people. And you're giving this invaluable information out, and it's just absolutely incredible. And like you was talking about, it is a kind of a, I'm not going to say it's a shady, but it, 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 it's, it's kind of oh, a gray shady. type of a medical shady. And you guys no, are shady. taking the veil off. You're taking the veil off, and it's really unbelievable. Um, it's well, really what you guys are doing is a mitzvah. It really is a, a, a mitzvah. Well, I appreciate that, man. I, I just want to say, Joe doesn't Thank know you. what a mitzvah is, by the way. I just want to say... <clears throat> That um, what? What you? You know what a mitzvah it's a bir- is? It, yes, it's it's uh, it's it's Yiddish for birthday. <laughs> no, so <laughs> no, it's blessing, like a blessing. It's a blessing, it's a blessing man. That's hilarious. I know, That's I know. Fucking great. I know. I know. I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't birthday. But I want to make this clear, call. What's your name? Uh, John. John. And where are you calling from again? The Bay Area. J- John California. from the Bay Area. I want to make this clear. The entire world of cosmetic surgery and plastic surgery is a very shady industry. It's not just hair. Hair is a part of cosmetic surgery. I 
had an opportunity years ago. I started, I did a pilot show in 2012 called Plastic Surgery Live. And I decided based on my experiences, people are like, why, you know, they contact me once in a while. Why'd you disappear? I disappeared because those guys, in my view, were even more shady than the fucking hair guys. And I didn't want to, like, enter a whole new field and deal with that bullshit. Uh, that's unbelievable. It's, 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 and it's all self-paid, too. You know, there's no insurance involved. People are giving their hard-earned money and, and getting, oh, that's why it's such a blessing because you guys know these doctors. You, you can critique. I mean, that, one of the questions I had was that they're, they're, they're talking about um, this no-shave F-U-E where they don't shave it. They put the hair. They claim it's, nobody can tell. It's completely discreet, number one. That's one question I want to ask. Number two, do you, and I know you're in Southern California, Spencer, uh, Mi- Michigan Medical. I mean, this guy's got photos on his website. Everybody looks like Elvis Presley. It's unbelievable. I don't know if he's legitimate or not. And Dr. Verona, uh, those two, if you know those two. And number three, this guy, Dr. Cole in Atlanta, Georgia, who I'm just saying, you know, who's, I don't know, you know, a, 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 a no-shave F-U-E that supposedly is completely discreet. In, in other words, nobody can, they can hardly tell you had a procedure. And anybody, the problem, you know, nobody wants a big scar on the back, and nobody wants to look like a crazy person for months. So what do you think about that no shave? Well, F- hey, don't, have, do don't have a hair transplant then, if you don't want to look like a crazy person for months. But no, no, honestly, here's well, what I think. You mentioned, a couple of, you mentioned a couple of names. Dr. Verona. Please. This guy does his own work. Yes. He's one, really one of the best in Southern California. Um, I think I his market. I think his marketing is okay. I think that he could he could up the game as far as you know some of the stuff that he puts out there online. But ge- mm-hmm. fucking genuine dude, really caring doctor, great at what he does. Period. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. John Cole, okay. one of the pioneers, absolutely really good at what he does. Legit, legit, legit pioneers. Yeah, one of the legit yeah. pioneers. Hundred percent. Because he does have no. He's not one of the pioneers that rewrote history in his favor. He actually is part of the original history of FUE as a pioneer. Yes, just putting that out there. Absolutely. He this guy took took the reins. I spoke to him personally. He decided, you know what, this is a good idea. We're going to move forward with this, and he really pushed the FUE boundaries back in two thousand two, around two thousand one, two thousand two. The other guy you're talking about. No comment. Yeah. However, Uh-oh. however, um, <laughs> I, I will say that shaveless FUE is a very difficult procedure to pull off. And there's only a handful of doctors who are able to do it well. And there's two in Atlanta, actually. There's John Cole and there's Dan Danio, who does a lot of shaveless FUE. And I've seen some of his work uh, recently. That's so pretty impressive. Now, what's the advantage? Well, you don't have to shave the back of your head. But you still have to cut your hair short to make it happen. And, you know, it's, uh, it's going to end up costing more. And, yeah, you're not going to have to deal with um, either a really sparse area that's, you know, with your hair growing, you know, the, to, and pulling your hair over it for a few months. And you're not going to have to deal with shaving your head down completely. But yeah, are you going to get better the, results? Yeah. Not necessarily. It's more difficult for the physician to do. Now, I know Dan does it all the time. So this is kind of like his specialty. What is his last name? Danio? Dan Danio? Yeah, D-A-N-Y-O, I think it's spelt. Right, Joe? It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but John Cole is, I mean, he's he's great at what he does. So, I mean, if if that's the route you want to go, those are two guys that, you know, you would consider that you have less of a chance of getting fucked up by. And the bombing and guy. I, th- I think one thing to consider is if if you if you go to a clinic and they have a long hair FUE option, and you have the opportunity to have a consultation with that doctor, I think a very fair question to ask is. If both procedures, both options were the same price, which would you rather perform on me for your for, for your uh, ease of procedure? Maybe I'm stupid here, Joe, and I, and for some reason I forgot this. But long hair FUE and shaveless FUE aren't this exactly the same procedure. Yes, you don't shave with long hair FUE, but there's just shaveless where they do cut your hair down. Yes, and then they put the grafts in, and they're not, you know, they're they're, they're not giving you the visibility of, of of placing the grafts with the long hair. And then there's well, long I think hair with, yeah, FUE. With, with, yeah, long hair FUE. It's 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 extracting the hair. Well, even that's actually kind of confusing because some clinics will advertise long hair FUE where they do shave out a strip in the back. They'll do the extractions, and then the longer hair above it kind of flops over, just like in a strip surgery. And then they take those hairs and they place them into your existing uh, or into the recipient area without shaving the recipient area. So it's actually not a standardized term. But assuming you're talking about a, a clinic that does not shave your head in the recipient or the, or the donor area, you need Correct. to ask them, Correct. well, which would you rather do for, for ease and convenience sake if, if the pricing was the same? And I challenge you to find any clinic that says, oh, it's easier to do long hair. Because my position on long hair versus, the, I'll say, the traditional way where they shave the recipient and they, and they shave the donor is why make it more difficult for the clinic? This is already a procedure that has a less than 100% survival rate of all the grafts. Why potentially increase the kill rate? I agree. I don't Well, they personally, claim... They claim- and, and I got some yeah. of the doctors I work with won't like hear me say this, but I think shaveless or, or long, sorry, long hair FUE is one of the dumbest fucking things anyone could ever do. It's all, oh, it's, all, wow. it's all catering and pandering to your fear of being found out by your peers. But I Correct. challenge any, any FUE patient that has had a procedure where everything was shaved and had it done by a good clinic where they're using small punches and it heals up nicely after, after the fact for any of their colleagues to know that they've had a hair transplant at all one week after surgery. It doesn't look like you had a surgery. Know, it, you're just, you got a shaved head. I know, but or well, buzzed head a big deal at that to point. Shave your head. Shaving your head, no, though, and is, I understand is a preventative. That. Yeah. Go ahead. That, that's the attraction of the no shave. That's what they're claiming. They're claiming, hey, you don't have to cut off any of your hair. We'll do this for you, and you don't have to cut off any of your hair. Well, you can do, the same, you can do the same thing with a strip. You get a strip, yeah. strip right. removed. Well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't shave your head. They go in between the hairs. That's the way they did it for years. And guys yeah. can do that very well, and women. But they're they're saying this with no scar. It's the same with no scar. They keep yeah. There's no there's no scar. linear scar, but you scar it all over the back. No of linear your scar. Yeah, yeah. You still got the the small punctate wound scars. But I'm I'm just I'm I'm just kind of uh, I don't know I I I'd like being as as efficient as possible with this because I know what can happen 
if, if all conditions are not optimal, and long hair is not an optimal condition to work in. That's just a fact. Okay. And, and no doctor can debate me on that and, and, and win. Because it's just like, it, imagine this. I used, I used to describe it like this. Imagine a bowl of wet spaghetti and trying to, trying to go through each one and cut one without cutting the others. And be able yeah. to see what you're doing. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's more complicated, more difficult. It's, okay. a, it's a more difficult okay. procedure, yeah. and it takes a lot. Yeah. It's a, a more difficult amount, procedure. Tremendous amount of skill, and it's okay. combing, and you know, and and then, and then removing, so and then like combing, and then removing, and combing, and removing. Go ahead. You said no comment on Michigan, so you don't. You don't. And I really respect because you guys know these doctors. You, you wouldn't recommend him. I mean, is that a fair statement? Uh, I here's my yep. statement. I don't have enough information, and any of the information that I I do have, you know, it's just I don't know. Let's put it this way: it's unlikely that if you if he applied to the IHS, given what I know that we would be able to take him at this point. Okay. But well, it doesn't mean, listen, me. it doesn't mean he's a bad surgeon at all. Just from the information that I have, he's never applied to the organization. Oh. How's, how's that, for being honest? And because he's afraid that he won't get accepted? Or why wouldn't he? Well, what does that mean, though? See, I don't really know. What is that for him? It not can to mean apply? a lot of things. It can mean, like, he's cheap. He doesn't want to pay uh, any annual dues. He doesn't think it's important. Uh, it could mean that he doesn't want to be rejected from an organization. It could mean a lot of things. You know, there's some good doctors out there that have never applied because they don't want to spend the money. They don't want to. They don't. They don't. They don't want to pay any any extra annual dues. A lot of doctors are super cheap. Yeah. Now it's unusual. Yeah. It's unusual because we've had almost two thousand physicians who've, you know, probably more now actually who have applied over the last 20 years. But it happens every once in a while. There's some, there's a couple of holdouts, I guess. Well, let me ask you one other thing. I know you know there's a one doctor up here in the Bay Area, in Northern California, so it's a woman. And her name slips my mind right now. I know you would probably know Sarah Wasserbauer. No, she does. Yeah, what do you think about her? I think she's okay. I think she's good. I think she has uh, a lot of, lot, lot of good results out there. Um, you know, I, I would say that She's appropriate. She's conservative for the most part. Um, I don't know if she does no shave FUE though. If that's what you're looking for, no, I don't think right. Yeah, but, but you yeah, guys are she, talking me out. She, of that. She's definitely someone that you should you you could consider, especially since it's close to you. You know, but she has these photos. I mean, just on the line, she doesn't say how many graphs she puts in. Her photos are a little misleading on how many procedures and graphs. You know, that's the thing. She doesn't put it on there. Everybody's are. Everybody's are slightly misleading. Some people try harder than others. Some people try to avoid it. Some people use marketing companies that don't really understand the industry as well. So they just like, okay, let's just do the old school before and after things. Honestly, I hate to say it. A physician's website really is their, you know, their, 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 their consumer-facing practice. But a lot of these Doctors don't really understand that, and they put it in the hands of people who may not understand it either. Who knows why you're not seeing the images that you want to see? What you need to do is you go in, you have a sit-down with, with, with the doctor, you get an assessment, you get a feeling, 
you ask you know to go online see you know can I see some of your patients can I meet some of your patients that's how you do it man a lot of people have really, really shitty websites what Spencer they'll really let you meet their patients I mean that they will really do that they'll allow you to meet their well, patients. well they're not going to let you meet their unhappy patients yeah so yeah, yeah. some <laughs> some uh, m- most clinics if they if they if they know what's good for them they will actually have a list of, of patients that have already pre-agreed to being available uh, in case uh, prospective patients want to speak to them. And, and if, if they're smart, they have someone that's, that's part of their job. When they do, they, they call the patient, you know, for general follow-up and, you know, patient satisfaction surveys and things like that. And then they'll ask them, is it okay if we have any prospective patients contacting you in the future, as long as it's just once every one in a while, and they usually agree to that. I know some clinics that actually, and this is bizarre to me. Like I know one one clinic in in Chicago that's supposed to be a really good clinic, and they they every person I've heard that that's asked this question, they've been told that they don't provide any patient information for contact because it violates patient confidentiality. Well, right. Only if you don't let them know that the other people are going to be calling them. You know, right. like. That's bullshit. It, it's like, duh. Like, like you can't – like, it goes against HIPAA laws. You can't just give out a patient's information to for random people to start contacting them out of the blue. It's an understood that you, that you put them on a list with a permission form that's been signed. So it's it's a bullshit argument. So any clinic that tells you, well, we don't we won't provide that information because it violates patient confidentiality, turn around and walk away. Yeah, anyone who says that, that okay. we do all the sports figures and all the celebrities and all this stuff and they can't produce those people, walk right. away. Okay, okay. Yeah. You like Dr. Verona, though. You, you know, he, on his website, he claims that he worked for one of those places. He's only been in private practice four years, that he worked for some other clinic for like six or eight years, and then he finally went into private practice. Yeah. Like, he sounds like he worked yeah. for Bosley or something. He, let, let me let me tell you about Dr. Verona, okay? Dr. Verona is yeah, he 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 did, he did work for a um it, I I can't call it a chain because it wasn't big enough to be a chain. No, several clinics. He, he but that was, for zero that was medical. Extent of he worked for Zero Medical. Zero Medical. Yeah. He worked uh it's it, they have like okay. maybe four or five offices. Website. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he he did leave about 4 or 5 years ago to start pri- private practice and as far as I'm concerned, that's the best thing he ever did because the work that he does, he, he I don't work with this guy. He is an IHRS accepted member. He is not a hair transplant mentor accepted member, um, but he doesn't have to be for me to recognize ethics, quality, skill, and transparency of, of results. He takes his photos the right way. He shoots his video the right way. And he's There's jacked. No, um, yeah, and he's jacked. Uh, he, ha- he doesn't use flash for his photography. He, he doesn't have tricks that he uses when he does comb-throughs and video. I've, I've spoken to him many times. Really nice guy, really caring guy. I cannot give the guy a high enough um, check mark and thumbs up. I think, he's, I think he's really good. I think he's one of the best there is. And I, I highly but recommend he's not him. In the, he's, but he's not in your in the, in the, in your society though he, yeah, he's he, not a member he's a member nope. of the ihs yes he's not he's not on joe's oh, he is. he's not on joe's uh you know yeah hair trans- he's not a hair transplant hair mentor transplant mentor member. the best the doctors ever 
in the world list, but <laughs> I don't think he's applied. But oh, he's he sounds damn very good. Sincere in his video, yeah, he said his demeanor seems didn't seem like a fast talker. He seemed sincere, you know, no. which I hadn't found in. He's a very, very, very um, humble. I, I find him, uh, right. you know, he's very soft spoken, humble, and all he wants, he just wants to do the do the work, and go home and enjoy his dogs. Like he's. He's just—he's a simple guy. Like I, I don't think he's—you know—he's not got these, these massive ambitions for Ferraris and things like this. He's yeah. just a a good, solid hair transplant doctor. I I like the guy a lot, and, and I want to—I want to kind of. I'm sorry. I I, I want to jump back into what I was saying about long hair fue. For people that really want to hide what they're doing, as far as having a hair transplant, it's fine. Yeah, but I. I, I personally think that, in t- especially in today's world, very few people actually give a shit about about whether or not you've had a hair transplant. <laughs> and, and I'm not talking about you personally, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm serious. It's like it's a it's a much more accepted procedure, and and I just look at, you know, like I said before, it's not a hundred percent growth rate when it comes to hair transplant surgery, any hair transplant surgery, FUE, FUT, shaven, unshaven, anything in between, doesn't matter. There's always a kill rate of those graphs. And I look at it, if anything is introduced into the, you know, as a variable that can increase the kill rate, I don't want to do it. Because I want every one of those bad boys to grow and to be healthy and to look natural and to be, you know, where I can look in the mirror and say it was worth it. I can look at my bank account and say it was worth it because these things aren't cheap, right? So I understand why they're offered. No physician has ever offered long hair FUE because it's easier for the patient uh, as far as high survival rates or it's easy for the clinic as far as you know success rates. It's strictly offered to make you feel more comfortable to actually have a hair transplant surgery. Because it's it's appealing to yeah, your no, sense of, um, of of shame, actually. Because you, you you would feel shamed, Embarrass- yeah, embarrassment. Exactly. That's the only reason it's out there, and I understand it, and I don't fault clinics for doing it, but I do fault clinics for for saying it's just as easy and and the survival rate is just as high across the board compared to patients where I do shave the recipient and or the or sorry the the donor. So. Yes, that's claim. I don't they think claim it, it's the same. I, yeah, I don't believe it. At least the one did. I don't believe it. Uh-huh. I I understand the need for it. I understand that you know it it does work. Don't don't misunderstand that. I'm not saying it fails. I'm just saying I don't think it's as good as if you give every possible chance for it to be as easy as possible for the clinic to do, do the procedure, and then you suffer through the consequences over the next few months with a, with a, a buzzed head. And it's not even a few months. Like, your your head's only buzzed for a week before it starts to grow back, and you got noticeable length to where it's it's not a shaved head. It's just a buzzed head. Two weeks later, it's a little bit longer. A month later, it's a bit longer, and it looks normal. Like, it just... I, I've never, I've never on... seen... Go ahead. If somebody is not like a reporter, if you're in the media somewhat, or you do something, then it's kind of, you know, then you give pause to like, well, one day you walk in with a shaved head. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying I think they're catering 
that's kind of what it caters to. That's kind of what they say. Hey, look, this is the way to get it done where no, 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 and, and you won't have to change your appearance. I mean, that, that, you're exactly right. That's, yeah, what but, they're, but what, that's what they say. One way that you can mitigate that as, as a reporter is to start having shorter and shorter haircuts up until the day that you take some time off to actually leave the station to go have your hair transplant. So if, you're, if you got yeah. your hair transplant booked on July 1st, on March 1st, start having shorter haircuts. Go down a, a, a buzzer, a, a clipper number once a month until you get to your, you know, when you leave for two weeks or three weeks or whatever. And you come back, you look no different. Right. The scalp might be a little bit red, but eh, I went to Cabo, got a sunburn on my scalp. <laughs> Do you think and, those, those and, and, and TV stations have right? makeup artists as well, so that would easily be taken care of. No, that's true. I mean, do these scabs really go away in two weeks, like they claim? One or two weeks, the scabs all go away. That's what they claim also. Mine were gone. Mine were always gone after like six days. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So after six days, nobody could tell you had a procedure for the most part. Is that fair to say? No one could after six days? Your your scalp could be red. Well, you, could uh, be, you could be one of these guys that yeah. have a, a tainted red scalp for months. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not the most tan individual in the world. I'm a pasty white guy. Like I could pass for, you know, a, a, an Irishman. But you know, so so my recipient scalp was pretty red for a while. But it didn't look like I had a mm-hmm. hair transplant. What did look like I had a hair transplant with my head shaved? Was the you know eighty staples that were in the back of my scalp because I shaved my head? I did it myself. Eighty staples. I've, I I, 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 li- I literally did it myself. Oh my god! You did what yourself? What did you do yourself? You removed the staples. 80- oh, I well, no, well, I, sh- I no, no, no. I I shaved my head after I had the surgery. Oh, you, oh. I see. Look, oh man, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna we got we got to take some other calls, but I, I hope that we're able to help. Okay, no, you. I really appreciate you guys are incredible. Okay, th- thank thank you. Right, so well, much. then promote us, so dude. Go on television no, I, and I promote. Us. Per- I I would like. I mean, if I can, you know what? I tried um, emailing in, into into one of you, into uh, the mentor. I couldn't get through. I tried, you know, sending this and sending. I mean, I. I'll email again, and I, and I will uh, be happy to promote you guys, because you guys are doing, do, you know, I don't know how I, I mean, this is my number. Maybe you could shoot me a text or something or an email or whatever, and I'll, uh, and I'll do that, because I, I believe in what you guys are doing. Well, I, I appreciate you know, it. So, so, you know, and that's a- All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, okay. Thank you. Why don't you, why don't you, you email you? Joe again and say, you're the media guy that okay, you just spoke to. Okay, well. What's it, Joe at Mentor? Okay, I'll, Joe, what is your best email, the best one to email you at? I mean, I know you have no I don't have a Joe at anything. It's, 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 uh, are, are you on Twitter? Are you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. I'm not. I'm not are you on Instagram? Not, believe it or not. I, I'm Jesus. not on Instagram. I, I am on Twitter, but I don't check it. No, I'm not. I'm not, believe it or are not. Are you alive? I should. I have. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I just have, I just have email and Facebook. I have Facebook. Okay. Are you on Facebook? I can send you a message. Yeah, Go don't ahead. don't bother with Facebook. Just, just admin at hairtransplantmentor.com. It's real simple. A-D-M-I-N at hairtransplantmentor.com. Yeah, that's what I thought I even... Okay, I'll send another email there. Admin at hairtransplant.com. Uh, no. Okay. Admin no, no. at hairtransplantmentor.com. No, no. That's why I didn't get it. It's hairtransplantmentor.com. 
hair transplant mentor. <laughs> Admin at hairtransplantmentor.com. Yeah. I, I appreciate there you guys. You, you guys have no idea how much I appreciate you guys and uh, what you're doing, man. It's uh, amazing. Well, we really appreciate is, you. Uh, there's so many people all over the world listening to you guys. That, that should tell you something right there. So keep up the great work, please, and keep learning about all these doctors because we don't know nothing. We don't know these doctors at all. That's the problem. We don't know. Hey, you know what the problem is? Sometimes I find out that I didn't either. <laughs> that, well, that, that's when you know you're like, what the fuck? How'd this guy get by me? <laughs> yeah, but your, your batting average, I think, is pretty good. And I listen to you, Spencer. All, you're you're well one said. of you have interviewed those guys. And, um, and it's phenomenal. I mean, Spencer, it's just what you're doing is you interview these guys. It's just... That's the best thing, in my humble opinion, the best thing you could do is interview these doctors, talk about these doctors, because they're the ones, because we don't know. We, and if you vouch for them, then we, it's okay. That's what, that's just, as a listener, that's, that's what I can, and I'd be happy to promote you. I mean, that's, because nobody else has it. Nobody else has trusted information, because we trust you guys. I trust you guys. I don't, I totally trust you guys. So. Well, dude, listen, anyway, I, thank you very I, much. I appreciate that. I really do. All right? Good luck. We'll talk soon. Take care. Okay. Take care. Triple eight six five nine three seven two seven. He's never going to promote us. No. Shit's never going to happen. I trust you guys. Famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see who this is. No, we appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this, and where are you calling from? Hey guys, how you doing tonight? It's uh, Mike from New York. Mike, what's happening, man? Not much. Still, still, still battling this issue. Um, I just wanted to call. Um, Joe had mentioned, you know, if I emailed him uh, some photos and, and stuff. Um, I sent it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you you ever got it, Joe. I wanted to make sure you got it. I remember you said you were going to share with um, a dermatologist in Australia and uh, s- some people in a group you were in, some doctors in a group. Jesus, the guy's talking to you. Sorry, Joe. I couldn't hear anything. I, c- I couldn't hear Can you. Hear me now? You got like some blasting. fucked up setup going on over there. You must have those AirPods in. <laughs> no, no. No, these are definitely not AirPods. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I heard something about an email, Mike in New York and Australia. Yeah, remember okay. I called. I'm the one who's been battling the, um, the, this, the, um, the shed now since July. And the itchy scalp and still losing a ton of hair. Um, but you had said to send you an email with everything that I was taking, my current regimen, what had happened, and that you were going to uh, confer with the doctor or dermatologist in Australia that you knew or something like that. And then also you had a group of, um, of doctors on a, a forum or something. You were on a private forum. I sent it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you got it. Uh, um, I don't remember. I, I can't ask you for your name, your full name, but I need that to search. Uh, I'll send you an email from my email right now, so okay. you can just check search by the email. Yeah, uh, I remember I did send it to. Uh, I, I I did I do remember sending it to the doctor in Australia. I just haven't heard back from him on the issue. Okay. Um, uh, I'm sending the email right now that it's under. Because I don't use my real name on this show because... Um, of course. Uh, Wait a second. Neither do I, my man. Well, because, you know, <laughs> I, I, we talk about doctors on here. We don't. I don't want to burn any bridges with any potential doctors where you may get a procedure. 
you know, I, sometimes you worry like, oh, well, you, you, talk, you ask questions about me on the show, so, you know, that's something I... That's actually very smart. Yeah, worry about. But I sent that. All right, I just sent it over to you again, Joe. But just to update you guys, yeah, nothing has really changed. The itching still uh, continues. Um, I remember a guy called last week, and he, you guys weren't sure if I got a hair transplant or didn't. I never have gotten a hair transplant, so I was maintaining on the finasteride. Then the shed started last July, and the itching started a couple months ago. And the funny thing is now they have me on dutasteride, I think I told you, one day a week, and finasteride the other days. I haven't noticed much of a change Um but I am starting to notice the itching now is most, I would say it's like 70% in the crown area, which is funny because that's the area where I was never losing. It was always a recession. And then 25% in the frontal or the, the mid-scalp. And you can actually start to see a little bald patch now in that, that crown area. Not too big, maybe like a, an inch or so, but, you know, I can still cover up an actual bald spot there. And then, of course, diffuse thinning uh, all around. So... You know, I've tried everything you guys have said. I'm on the turmeric still. I'm on the multivitamin. Um, I, I switched to a, a very different diet, cut out the sugars, all that stuff, um, trying to eat anti-inflammatory food, vegetables, still on the finasteride six days a week and the dutasteride one day a week. And uh, I'm doing minoxidil once a day at night because, you know, with an irritated scalp, it only makes things worse. And, and so I, what I've been doing is pretty much like uh, minoxidil two days in a row once a day, and then I take a day off from it. So you, so feel, like you so feel like your forth. scalp is less inflamed now? Yeah, it's not as bad, um, but I'm still getting the itching, um, like I said, in the crown area, and I'm still getting the hair loss, you know, in the shower and the shedding, you know, in the sink. and. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's still going. I don't know if, you know, I, I think, like you said, I have a combination of things going on. Maybe the PRP triggered it, but I think there's also an inflammation component. I don't think this could be DHT at this point because between the – I'm on name brand Propecia and name brand um, Dutasteride, which would be what, Avidart. Um, Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was, you know, uh, uh, so I've got the DHT base covered, I feel like, except for topically. So, let me no add, so, really topically. so, so from, from the last couple of weeks, do you feel like your, your shedding is slowing down to some degree? It's weird. Like, so some days I'll get uh, once in a blue moon, I'll get just, you know, a few in the shower. But then the next day it'll go right back to a ton. You know what I mean? Well, I know this. Which is, I, I'm not just trying to sound hopeful. Mm-hmm. But. The, even the fact that you have intermittent shedding, there are days when you have far less shedding, uh, is usually a sign that things are starting to kind of revert back to a normal growth cycle. So it's, it's, yeah, I it's hope possible so. if you're seeing that more often, like say, you know, the three out of the seven days you're seeing less shedding, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you're starting to revert back to a normal growth cycle. That's usually the first sign. And you know what's interesting? I've been watching, uh, I'm sure you guys know several of the YouTube channels, the Hair Loss Guys, uh, Hair Cafe. Um, I, know, I know Bald Cafe. No, well, there's Hair, Hair Cafe I think you guys would actually find very interesting. It's this guy named Kevin. I mean, this dude's like a scientist. It's crazy, the stuff. He, he, he goes very in-depth on. Oh, uh, guy Kevin, what's his last name? Kevin Mann. Mann. Yeah, I heard, I heard good yeah. things about him. I watched him once or twice. I watched him twice. Yeah, so he was mentioning, and also more plates, more dates had mentioned that 
we always address the DHT, but androgens in the scalp period could cause issues. So even elevated testosterone, even your your even if you're addressing the DHT, you're not addressing that testosterone. That free free the testosterone can also be miniaturizing uh, follicles itself, especially if you're very sensitive. You know, I I, I really can't speak to that reality as as reality. Mm-hmm. I could speak to it as a as a possibility. I've heard that before. Uh, there's I don't know of a lot of studies that mm-hmm. point to that, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible. The thing about that guy, more plates, more dates. I mean, he does have, I would say, a unique, like, encyclopedic knowledge of uh, hormones and 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 mm-hmm. you know steroids and you know. So if he's going that direction, saying that's a possibility, I would say then yeah, you know, maybe that's the case. However. When you know when we use finasteride, that your free flowing, you know, uh, uh, testosterone. What is it called? Free flowing testosterone, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is actually yeah. Incre- could be increased by up to about fifteen percent. So you're actually going to have even more, more circulating, right? Yeah. So you can actually have more free mm-hmm. cir- cir- circulating testosterone. You know, and we know that these drugs do work for most people, as far as slowing the miniaturization process. Maybe for those who it doesn't work for, maybe then there's the extra testosterone component that keeps him from uh, succeeding with the drug. So I can't speak yeah. to that as an expert. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of things. A lot of it's anecdotal. I don't know of any studies that I could point to that I can agree with either Kevin or uh, the More Plates, More Dates guy. But I got to tell you, they're both fucking entertaining. They're crushing it. And I, I kind of like them both. Like if I had more time, I would watch them. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I, 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 yeah, they're great. Um, but in my case, I don't think that would be the case because I maintained for so long on finasteride. So obviously I did respond to it in, in a great way. Even my temples felt like they came back a little bit. Now, of course, I'm losing again. You know, I'm having to put, you know, half a bottle of Topic in my head to make it look full um, in any sort of downlighting. But um, my question is, there's no way to address the androgens topically, right? I mean, you hear all this talk about spiralactone or RU5841. Or... Let me make it clear. RU5841 RU probably doesn't really exist at this point. No one knows where it's being manufactured. You have to take these things that you're buying, these gray market products that you're buying, and, and combine them in order to somehow produce this molecule. Solution, yeah. This solution. I mean, yep. come on. Anyone who's still talking about RU58841, uh, you know, I mean, I listen, 20 years ago, absolutely. When Rousseau was, was really doing their studies, for sure, we talked about it and there was a possibility. There seemed to be some sort of, um, uh, you know, positive effects. But we have no idea where this shit's coming from. So that doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense to me. And what was the other thing you just mentioned? Well, uh, spiralactone. Yeah, spironolactone, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of women uh, use it. It's, 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 one, it's part of the arsenal for treating uh, women's androgenic alopecia. It has kind of variable or mixed results. Uh, most women don't really do that well on it. And even adding it topically for men, it's been questionable for years. I know guys who've been, who've been doing that out of their derm practices for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Almost every one of their patients ends up bald. Right. So, there you go. 
So you're saying it's it has a negative effect then? I don't know if it has a negative effect. I'm just saying that the 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 desired effect doesn't seem to be happening for most people. Right. That's what I'm saying. So All right. and what there's about a lot of smart a guys out there talking about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of literature you can read, and you can have a lot of great information at your fingertips now that you know we live live in such a connected world. But right. what we talk about is the practical stuff. You know, unfortunately, I've been in this business for twenty fucking five, twenty five years, so I know what's happening in doctors' practices. And what about using a topical finasteride in addition to what I'm taking orally? Would that help any? Because then you're addressing it more in the scalp directly or no? It might. Maybe. Can you do that at the same time, take an oral finasteride and a topical? There are physicians who will prescribe both. Interesting. And you mix the finasteride with your minoxidil? Is that how it works? Or you can, right? Well, they actually, there there are guys, there there are products that are actually mixed already. And there are products that are just finasteride, you know, uh, just uh, topical finasteride. And you can use your minoxidil and you can use your finasteride if you want. So where would you get the products from these guys who have the mixed solutions already? (laughs) There's several out there. Joe, I'll let you make a recommendation if you want. Well, I mean, you know, you can contact uh, a multitude of hair, hair restoration doctors. I would suggest starting with the IHRS uh, to find doctors and ask them if they recommend a particular topical solution. And what you'll probably get back is a, a variety of answers. Jeez, I keep hearing a door slamming or something. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, yeah, I'm at work. You get a I'm variety of right answers. So, uh, so you can't th- where you, you throw Joe, with Joe's ADD, if you throw him off for a second. I know. It's I know. over. One little door thing. Yeah. Well, well, that that wasn't a second. That's like the seventh time I've heard it. So it's like, where where the hell is this guy? So I'm saying uh, you get a variety of answers sometimes based on if they make it themselves or or they're having mm-hmm. a pharmacy make it or if they know of a brand that's being uh, formulated they can recommend. So uh, there's Dr. Alan Bauman. Uh, he's got okay. his uh, F82, M82. FM82, I, a lot of 82s. I don't know what the 82 stands for, but uh, he's got some variations that you can yeah. get. Uh, Hassan, Yaker. For you. Some other guy. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yaker, Yaker's got a, a – Yaker in Texas has got a, a nice line of topicals as well. And then um, Alvi Armani, uh, they've, got, they've got a line of topicals. Who else? Um, so what do you do? You just do like a Zoom meeting with them if you're in another state and then – they prescribe it. Yeah. And they send it to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You might. Yeah, you might wind up paying fifty bucks for a consultation or whatever, and then uh, then they can, you know, depending on where they are and where you are, they can write a prescription and um, you know through uh, e scripts, uh, you can get your prescription mailed to you. All right. Yeah, because I don't really know what else to do at this point, but um, I don't know, Joe. Maybe some of the the guys that you or we're going to show it to in the group would have some thoughts. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll follow. Point. I'll follow up with a dermatologist, and, um, and I'll 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 pose this to the to the group. Uh, I do apologize. Yeah, I, I, I didn't it. pose it to the group. I did. I did send it to the dermatologist, so I'll follow up with him. Yeah, and I I think I wrote in there. If you need any additional pictures, just let me know, and uh, mm-hmm. this way I can I can send them over to you. Okay. All right, All right guys. Have Listen, a great, uh, great good luck. Weekend, guys. Hang in there, and All I right. actually think it's a good sign that you're having some cessation on on, on certain days. All right, we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Okay, good luck. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Bye. 
888 And honestly, if I had more time, and I'm not saying like I'm the, the most super busy guy in the world because I'm kind of semi-retired. I'm trying to kind of step away from shit. But I like to watch all these guys, see what the fuck is going on. I should, I should know what these guys are doing. Yes. <laughs> you should. You know? But Sorry, the, but... <laughs> the, the few times I did watch that guy, More Plates, More Dates guy, and that guy, Kevin, she says, I'm so fucking old. I forget their last names. Or Kevin Mann, is that his name? I thought it was really, I, I liked the presentation. I, I thought that guy, Kevin, was really like, I mean, the guy's got fucking energy, yo. I don't have the energy anymore. I'm just not so, that. I'm, yeah, I'm just, not so that homies. I'm just not that into it anymore. Actually, that's not true. I have old I, man energy now, I think. <laughs> it's different you know it's like old man sex you know it's still effective I, I can't relate to that it's still know. effective but it's slightly different <laughs> alright guys triple eight six five nine three seven two seven. let's see who this is hey you're on the air who's this and where are you calling from hi it's David can you hear me David yes David hey, you um, made it through I'm, I'm, hi um, so I've been talking to Joe on Twitter, so he knows who I am. But oh my God, I'm British. We don't take Twitter calls. Um, that's all right. <laughs> Dude, I'm British. Where, where are you um, calling from? And I'm calling from Sao Paulo. Actually, I live in Brazil. Nice. Um, and I've had I've had two surgeries. Um, one in 2019, one here, and one in 2020. The same surgeon. Um, I'm 40. Well, just over 40 now. And the reason I chose to have my surgeries was because I always had what would I would call it like an academic um, high hairline, okay? So I wasn't really losing my hair. I just didn't really have the ability to show my hairline to anybody um, because I just didn't, it was, it was so high. So I decided just before my 40th that I was going to finally have some surgery. I thought about it in my early 30s in the UK, and there wasn't so much info at the time, and I didn't really find any doctors that I wanted to talk to in the UK. And so anyway, when I was here in Sao Paulo, I've been here a few years, I decided to contact uh, one of the famous surgeons here and had surgery done twice. Um, Which one was that? And I'm really pleased with it. Tykowinski. You know him? Arthur okay, absolutely. Arthur. So, yeah, yeah uh, I know Arthur. He's a big politician in the field. Um, yeah. I could tell you that so you I, are fucking well, lucky, A, that you didn't decide to have surgery in the UK because it's like a fucking needle in a haystack to find good doctors in the UK. It is one of the most dangerous markets. You think, I mean, now Turkey is pretty dangerous, obviously. But for decades, the UK, most dangerous market when it comes to hair. Some of the shittiest results. Sure. So you, you lucked out. It's ironic because actually I used to live near where Dr. Ball is, and he's one of your guys. Well, Dr. Ball that recommend. is that's, that's a, he's a gem, yeah. yeah sure. Absolutely. But anyway, so I was, here, I was here in Sao Paulo. The currency was good, and I, I did investigate a couple of surgeons in America, but I just realized it's so much easier to just go down the road and meet someone face-to-face mm-hmm. in 20 minutes. And he speaks great English, and uh, I was impressed mm-hmm. with what I had. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good at what he does. He's got. He's got a little bit of an attitude, sure. that guy. But he's good at what. Maybe that's why he has an attitude. <laughs> because he is. He um, is. He's one of the older, old school guys. We're about the same age. But you know, he did really good strip. For sure. I mean, did you have strip or FUV? 
Yeah, I had both. I had FUT in 2019, which I realized would be the best thing to have for my first surgery because obviously it uses the donor area better and there was the potential to have a second strip, but I didn't have the elasticity in my scalp to do that. So in 2020, I had an FUE just to kind of fill in where there wasn't enough from... How was the FUE? What was come out with FUT. Uh, that was good as well. Um, I'd say the FUT felt more brutal. I felt more... Um, uh, it physically is physically drained from it. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, it's, but I'm glad I did brutal. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I'm know, you, if you're just trying to lower your hairline, honestly, and you really need the most bang for your buck, you need the most grafts from the from from your from your real sweet spot, and you need to use 100 percent mm-hmm. of those grafts in order to get density that's going to match your existing hairline. So sure. you had to do. I think, it. I think I will go with another FUE in years to come, but to do my sort of crown area because. I'm slightly thinning there. I'm taking the meds um, in Estrada, um, and uh, I'm taking oral minixidol 3MG okay. um, daily. And I've, oh, okay. I'm seeing another dermatologist, um, and she mentioned uh, the, the, the other one, the stronger one that does both uh, types of DHT. I'm on that as well. Abadart. Yeah. yeah, that one. I've, I, I'm taking that just once a month at the moment. I'm just wondering whether I should spin that up a bit or not. Well, um, let me ask you this. Are, I you, are you noticing that your hair loss is progressing or are you stabilized? I think I'm stable. It's, it's mainly in, this, in the, uh, the crown area where I'm paying attention. It's, that's not the area you notice yourself much. You, you really have to get the mirror pointing into the mirror and really look yeah, under light to see what's sometimes happening. Sometimes it's so fucking depressing when I do that, man. I have to paint my head every day. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? Sometimes it looks better. Yeah, Some days it looks better than others. Um, it is that case. So you don't know for sure. No, you're like, and, and it's like, it's, it's the way you shampooed or if you dried your hair, it's like, sometimes I, like, I, I'll dry my hair and I'll take a look before I paint. And I'm like, I don't know if I need to paint. And then I'll look at a different angle. I'm like, fuck. Nope, it didn't grow yeah, back. I need to paint. I need to paint. It can also be which way you brush your hair, which way you style it. Um, you can cover it more, but then it moves, that kind of thing. It's not bad. It's pretty good, but. You know, you become obsessive about it. I, I just want to say, though, because um, obviously most people I would have thought rang in, ringing to the show are people who've lost hair and they want to put it back. I obviously have lost some hair as I've got older, but I never had the hairline I've got now. I, I never lost that. I, and to have something I'd never had actually was pretty life-changing for me. It sounds a bit um, cheesy to say that. But, no. Uh, to finally look in the mirror and go, I've never had that. I'm really happy Dude, with it. We, I, I do a and hair, I can finally start hair loss hair. show. I mean, come on. You know, I tell people that, at least you know, when I started, people thought I was out of my fucking mind. The fact that you're, you know, the reason why most people have cosmetic surgery, this, this is a unique form of cosmetic surgery. It, it, when it comes to hair transplant surgery, the majority of people have it because they are losing something that they once had. But in general, cosmetic surgery is to augment something that you never had or to improve something. And that's exactly what you did. So your feelings, that's not Mm -hmm. cheesy, man. You know, if it always bothers you that you had a higher hairline, you didn't like the frame of your face, if you feel more attractive and more confident now that you had this done, fuck, man, that's great. More power to you. Uh, one other thing um, I mentioned, obviously, I'm from the UK, so I'm aware of how culture is different there and how people look at surgeries to compare how people in Brazil look at surgeries. And it's remarkably different because in the UK, people are like, oh, you know, are you sure you're going to do this? 
you really want to do it? Why don't you just shave it or um, just live with it? And in Brazil, people are just, meh, it's no big deal. Oh, you've had surgery on your hair? Why are mm-hmm. you hiding it from me? Why are you pretending you've had something else and you've been away for a while? Well, br- br- you know, br- no Brazil and Korea, they are the plastic surgery capitals of the world. So in Brazil, it's like, and and they do some crazy shit in Brazil too. Some really dangerous surgeries as well. So it's almost like a rite of passage. I know you mentioned last week the uh, guy who died from uh, surgery, and I looked up because I'd never heard of it. And I looked up; it was a small city uh, in a in the state of Bahia. So I don't know who the surgeon was or anything. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like in Sao Paulo or anywhere like that. Obviously. Bad surgeons exist everywhere. Dude, I know and someone who died. I didn't know happened. him, but someone died in, in, in Chicago uh, about seven years wow. ago. I know someone who died here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles about 10 years ago from a hair transplant. So it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where it is. It could happen to anybody. I mean, you have a bad reaction to anesthesia. You have a heart attack. You're done. That's it. Sure. I definitely feel uh, lucky, though. I haven't really had any complications. I was impressed with the surgeon. They used the microscopes, they had lots of stuff, separate anesthetist on hand. Um, and I, I like the guy. I, you know, I, I know what he's like, and I was impressed with his work. And um, I'd probably go back for a third surgery in, in years to come to fill in where I've lost, if anything. Well, I think, I think you made a good choice yeah. in Dr. Tagazinski. Uh, I, I, you know, on a personal note, I mean, I, I think the guy's got a really you know, fucked up attitude about a lot of things, and he's a real politician. It doesn't make the, it does not take away from his practice and his surgical skills. So you know, you know, I I think that if I was going to recommend anybody, if they called me right now and said, you know, give me some names in Brazil, he would absolutely be one of the guys. I don't really know I, anyone else. I, here. I'm looking I, at I your photos and 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 mm-hmm. seeing your before and then and then the ones you just sent me. Like I, I agree with everything Spencer said um, on the personal and, and professional level, but I will say that looking at your photos he sent to me, I think that he did a bang up job. And th- this is, you know, granted these are Instagram compressed uh, um, mm-hmm. mobile phone photos, but the shape it looks like the refinement. Uh, I like the design that he made for your naturally high hairline, um, where it's still high, but it's not—it's it, not nearly like, like you naturally look like you were losing your hair, like a like a really deep Norwood three. Now you look like a, a classic Norwood two, and your hairstyle that you got going mm-hmm. on is spot on. And you, just because you, the you guy has a god it. complex does not, mean, does not mean that he's a bad surgeon. Thanks. It fits my facial profile, and that's what Taika Winsky was saying. It's important to make sure your um, yeah. hairline and your the work you have done fits your face. You can't be someone else. I mean, you and I have talked about a certain celebrity that's had a lot of retro work done, and uh, I understood him and wanting to lower his hairline the way he did, but clearly he wasn't given the right information, and the person who did it did a terrible piece of work. Originally, well, Tyler's uh, has a lot of experience. You got to understand, he's been in the game for a long time. He's been in the game for, I think he was in the game when I got at least twenty years. Yeah, so I mean, this guy was doing you know pure follicular transplantation using stereo microscopic dissection. He had the infrastructure uh, to 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 provide really good strip results and to then transfer over to uh, or evolve into uh, providing FUE as well. That's hard to find. 
you know. So we're talking about Tchaikovsky, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. That's why, yeah. and that's yeah. why he knew. He knew. He understood your aesthetics. You know, I can't just say it's based on on experience because there are some guys who have a lot of experience who just suck at what they do. So it's both his experience there's, there's and a level his, of talent and his sense and his talent and his sense of aesthetics that got you to where you are. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for talking. All right, man. Go, Listen, go over my my lap. Mazel tov. Congratulations, and thanks for the call. Thank you. See you. Absolutely. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. You know, I never take it away. Even if the guy's a dick, I can never take away their skill set. If they're good <laughs> at something, they're good at something. <laughs> Even if he's a dick, I can't take away from the fact that he's good at what he does. Yeah. He's still a dick. No, That's how I feel I, about it. You know, here's, here's what's – I'm, I'm curious. Like, he reached the pinnacle of existence for those that give a shit. Like, he became president of IS, ISHRS. I wonder if his attitude has changed since then. You know, I wonder if like his demeanor has softened, well, softened or been altered. Because I don't know, he, man. I had, he reached the he reached the pinnacle of what he feels is is uh or, or he's reached what he feels is the pinnacle of his craft, his political craft, the politics involved. The with politics his craft. involved. So I wonder what his attitude is now. Anyway, when when he told me on the telephone that the ISHRS will never capitulate to Spencer Coburn, when I'm just essentially telling them, you guys have to have some teeth, man. You guys got to kick these motherfuckers out who are doing bad work. You guys got to – we got to work together in order to make this happen. And he says this – the ISHRS will never capitulate to Spencer Hold Coburn. Hold on. Let me, let me stop you. Let me stop you. When they called you to see how they could work, work with you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Make that clear. When, when they, they set called up, you, they set up the meetings to speak to me about what they can do us. about the black market. Us, yes. And I'm speak on the phone us. with him, yes. and I'm like, "Listen, we need 200 guys to get together. That's all we need. We can do this. You know, fuck these fight to fight ridiculous campaigns." Which I think I offended him because he's the one who drew the initial uh, skull and crossbones, apparently, and did that campaign. I was like, "Dude, you guys, you are so way off the fucking mark." He's like, well, we're not trying to reach people your age. And I'm like, yeah, maybe people my age would look at that and say that's reasonable. There's no millennial was or Gen Z or whatever that's going to think that's reasonable. Yeah. He thought, he thought that he had a line on how millennials think. He thought that he understood I, you were you were on was, Skype. I don't know if you good. remember. I'm sitting right across the table from him. I said, listen, you know, I'm dating a millennial. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, my girlfriend's very young, too. I'm like, it's not a fucking competition, dude. I showed her <laughs> the fucking thing. And she said it was ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Right away, he got his hackles and up. And she knows like, the industry, too. Yeah, like right away, I got his hackles up. Like I'm, 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 I'm trying to be the big swinging dick in the room because I was dating someone younger than me. Well, they're, they're already on edge just with you being there, just with us being there. It's like they, they were they – were, and it wasn't really an effort to see how we could work together. It was an effort to see if we would be on board with what they already decided to do and if we would promote what they decided to do. I don't know. Was the I think deep down I still think Vicky has a little crush on me. I'm just saying. 888 I'm just kidding, Vicky. It's a joke. Not really. Maybe. <sighs> Let's see who this is. 
Hey, you're on the air. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're going to have to turn down your computer. Uh, my computer is not on. Okay, I heard some feedback, so maybe it's your phone. Oh, sorry. Can you still hear feedback? I did just now. Now it's gone. I don't. You don't hear shit, though, man. Oh, now. Right. Now it's good. Can you guys hear me now? Okay, great. I was on speaker. Um, thanks for taking the time, guys. Uh, this is Ross. I uh, initially had called about six to eight months ago. First of all, I have to say I was wrong. You guys were right. Um, I, I was the guy talking about triple hair and, um, you know, maybe try that out, avoid finasteride, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I, I'll take the L on that one. Um, but, yeah, that obviously didn't work. But Really? Um, I'm in a situation. Can, can you? Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you re, can you re, uh, repeat what the issue was or or what you were trying to do? I I don't know what you meant by the uh, sure yeah the, the alternative so, to finasteride. What, what what was the case? Yeah yeah. So I I had like a mild stage of gynecomastia and I didn't want to take finasteride at the time because um I didn't want to you know aggravate that and so I wanted to try alternative methods. Obviously a little bit of bro science and you know hoping for something to work when it may not. And I tried this other thing didn't work. Um, so what was the other thing? Anyways, uh, it's called triple hair. Okay. I remember, and, I remember and that, that was I, to fight. Okay. I get it. I, get and it. I remember this guy and I remember just saying, you know, he's giving me the, the stats on it and all this stuff. I'm just like, all right, good yeah, luck. Anyway, that bullshit. Um, anyways, you know, I, at the end of the day, <laughs> but, you know what, I, I knew it, it, take, it takes a lot to call back and say that, you know, it, it wasn't. It, it, it didn't. You know you, you, that that we gave you the right advice. So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, I you know I had surgery to get rid of the gynecomastia. It's all good. Chest looking great now, and I'm ready to kind of start finasteride. And I you know just turned 26, and um, I just wanted your advice on you know if it's appropriate time to get a hair transplant. So I'm uh, I'm about a nor- like a maybe 2.5 crown is starting to thin. But I have, like, you know, I'm an Indian guy with thick donor hair. My dad just went to eugenics a, w- a while back, and his results are looking great. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I'm i thinking about going to somewhere like that or, like, Hassan and Wong, and I'm planning on starting Finasteride in, like, a month or two. I'm Long story short, I was an engineer at, uh, you know, one of the big tech companies, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, um, and I decided I want to go to medical school, so I'm about to take the MCAT and wow. apply. So I don't want to take oh, I, I don't want to take the finasteride. Yeah, yeah. So I don't okay. want to take the finasteride before the MCAT, just because you know I don't want to psych myself out, get distracted with external factors. Um, so I'm going to take it in two months. But I, I just wanted to know, you know, what timeline do you guys think you know is appropriate to get a transplant? I was thinking if I start this now, let's say early July. Um, I was thinking maybe try to go January or so. Let me stop you. Let, let me stop you. Mm-hmm. So you haven't started finasteride yet because you don't want it to be a distraction for your MCAT. So you, your your MCATs are in two months, and then you'll start finasteride after that? Correct. Okay. Don't even think about a hair transplant. Don't Don't even plan for one. Don't look at a timeline. Just stick with finasteride for a year and see what that does for you because you said that the crown is starting to go. It can stop and even reverse. It you need you need a full year 
I usually say between you know about six months to see the beginnings of progress. In your case, you're you're one of those people that's greatly affected mentally, not just. Um, uh, I mean, you're 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 averse to taking it to begin with, and you're very sensitive to uh, distractions based on this stuff, j- just based on what you just told me. So I would recommend that you just just take it for a year and forget about everything else and see how it works out for you because it may actually turn things around for you. Last thing you want to do is start looking at surgery before you you know whether or not the medical therapy will even do anything because here's the thing. You, you, it can go two different ways. The medical therapy can completely reverse everything. Your crown can stop not only stop thinning but can actually reverse and even any sort of temporal recession it can reverse as well. You're young, you're early off in your loss, and I've seen this many times where uh, the frontal region thickens up, and it may not restore it you know, completely. Well, it probably won't restore it completely, but it might restore it enough to where you're like, you know what, I'm good. I don't need to ha- have a hair transplant. On the other end of the spectrum, it might do jack shit. It might not do a damn thing, and you get a hair mm-hmm. transplant, and then your your loss is continuing, and then you're like, well, shit, a second hair transplant is a requirement, not a choice because of continued right. loss. And then, you're, and then you're in the trap, right, of, you know, quote, unquote, staying ahead of your hair loss, which is never the way you want to do it. So don't do anything except focus on your MCATs, then jump on finasteride. I, I would recommend not being a doctor, but just based on my experience, I would recommend Get name brand uh, Proscar or Propecia, one or the other. Try that for a year and evaluate at that point, not before. Don't even, don't even look at surgery. Don't, don't even think about surgery until then. Just give it the chance it deserves to do what it's going to do for better or for worse. And then you plan based on at that point in the future how things work out. So that's what I was initially thinking. The, the only issue is, so right now my temples have like completely receded, so they're bald completely. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that the mm-hmm. likelihood of regrowth there is kind of low, and I would like to get that filled up because when you know my hair is wet and it, it looks pretty bad, and but obviously when it's dry, I got a nice comb over going. It looks like I have zero hair loss, but I don't like that like massive bald spot. And the odds of that regrowing completely when the area is completely bald is unlikely. So that's why I was trying to see if I you know might make sense. To get the, just the frontal, you don't know uh, what, no crown. You don't know, no. what, you don't know what the real odds are anyway. The, the odds are from what you're reading. Just like the, you know, when you when you came to us and you spoke about this product, and I was just like, dude, you know, you, you, you're bringing bro science to the table. It is possible at your age that once you get on finasteride, if you choose to go that route, that you can grow back a, such a significant amount of hair that you won't even think about having a hair transplant, even if it's just thirty percent more you have right now, you might be in a position where well, I can wear fibers or I don't need to go down that route. I could wait another decade. It happens. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I might, I might go with that. You know, I just, I, I put this on hold for like three years and honestly the hair loss hasn't degraded as much as I would have thought it would, but now it's getting to the point where it's time to do something about it. Yeah. So. And that makes sense. But, but even aside from the, from the medical therapy, uh, as far as finasteride, uh, I've seen fantastic, and you're talking. I know what you're talking about. Like the the temple region, there's there's no hair left. It's completely clean. I've seen great turnarounds, like uh, with um, Dr. Cooley in North Carolina, of younger patients about your age that have actually had temple restoration from PRP, 
it can work. And I would I would highly recommend you look into every option that's legitimately available, not not this bro science stuff, but stuff that's demonstrably uh, effective in some cases, e- even if it's on a fringe like PRP, like a lot of pe- a lot of people don't have a positive response, but a lot of people do. In order to avoid surgery, because surgery once once you had your first surgery, you're stuck for better or for worse, because you don't know if that surgery that you're hoping will address the the issue of loss you're dealing with now, in case the medication doesn't work, or regardless of the medication doesn't work, you don't know if that'll work. And if that doesn't work, then you you're left with scars and a hole in your bank account. To show for it. Right. That's what you got to keep yeah, in mind. I'm, there are no guarantees in this. So the, so the, because, you know, the lack of guarantees on anything is the common denominator with, with hair loss treatments, no matter what it is. So you owe it to yourself to go with the, the, the ones that will cause the least physical damage to your head as possible. And that means non-surgical. Exhaust all options. Before you go the surgical route, PRP, laser, medication, everything. But don't do them all at once because you don't know how one will – if you get a positive response for one and you're taking multiple treatments, you don't know which one's responsible for it. So you got to layer it. you got to do one, see how you react, see what the result are, results are. If it works, great. Then add something on top of it if, if you think that you need more. Like if finasteride works out for you, but the front didn't quite do what you're hoping it would, then try adding a PRP mixture into it, which is also you know something. It's a treatment, not a cure, so you got to do that like once a year minimum. Right. But it can work. Like I've seen nice temporal restoration with with PRP, and then in a couple of years after you after you have a better handle of what works and what doesn't work, then you can safely consider surgery and then that's a whole nother ball game you know which doctor what what plan do they have how how you know what procedure and you know all these different things you got to consider take it slow like you've been dealing with it for three years that's nothing you can live you can live with another three years you're young you got plenty of time and it's 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 something that you can deal with uh smart wisely don't rush into it Hundred percent. Right. Uh, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to. You know, when it comes to medication, obviously there's understandable you know worry, um, but sure. it's time to take it. And, and I think yeah, that makes sense to wait. Um, and speaking of the bro science, you know, the, and the, I I heard you had mentioned RU before. There is a way to actually verify that. You know, there's a concept called NMR. Yeah. So if you yeah, so if you put the chemical under you know electron microscope or sorry the uh, nuclear microscope you can actually see if there's benzene rings or you can analyze the structure of the molecule so yeah. you can i'm sure I'm, 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 I'm sure i'm sure a lot of your uh, our hair loss brethren are doing that before they mix it yeah, up I in mean, their bathtubs <laughs> and put it on their head no 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 <laughs> I, I, i'm not for the for the record i'm not taking any of that stuff but if you yeah. want to verify that a chemical exists i mean that's what every pharmaceutical company does they have to Check an NMR to do quality control to confirm that. But, it is, but that's in that's fact, the that whole point. What pharmaceutical companies are actually providing this? Like legit pharma companies? That no, that's the thing. You'd have to buy it from a lab, go to an independent NMR facility, and then you'd have to mm-hmm. be able to read an NMR. So I, the majority of people don't know anything about chemistry, so they won't be able to read an NMR. So and, that's I'm, the and I'm sure it's affordable to the average person. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you gotta. Well, that's why you uh, yeah. gotta choose your career wisely. 
Yeah, and, I'm, I, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and honestly, you know, and that, that's actually a good point. I appreciate you saying that. But honestly, I, I want you to think about you are unique in the fact that you, you, you have this knowledge. Even with this knowledge, you still went for the bro science. But, you know, just saying because we're, we're so vulnerable. But think about the fact that this is a now approaching a $5 billion a year market. 99% of the products and services are complete bullshit. And everyone's buying it. You know, that's that's the reality. So no one gives a shit. People are like, oh, I read this on a forum. I saw some guy, no place, no dates talking about this. I saw this. I'm going to go get it. That's mm-hmm. the sad yeah. reality. But yeah, I mean, obviously, look, if it were me, that's what I would do. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I will say in my defense, I, I knew that wasn't going to work. I didn't go on the FNAS right because the existing guy in Kamasti didn't want to aggravate that. You have zero defense. But I shouldn't have zero defense. Waste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just busting your balls, man. Listen, you're completely you, yeah. You, yeah, you sound you sound like you you're you're a kid and a kid. You're not a kid anymore, but you sound like you're a young guy who's got his shit together, you know. And you just want to keep your hair. You want some more hair. I get it. I think taking your time, do well in your MCATs, kick some ass. Uh, I have no idea why you want to become a doctor, but whatever. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, everyone tells me that. The, uh, the I can tell you uh, that the tech salaries are far far beyond what a, a physician makes, unless you're in orthopedic surgery or, you know, spinal yeah. surgery. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you could do neurosurgery. You could become a hair transplant surgeon, make a fucking fortune. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into surgery. I, I you know, there's a, you know, being book smart doesn't really translate to the clinic. I've noticed you know, some of the best surgeons didn't do very well in school. So. You know what? Bravo. Bravo. Well said. Well said. Well said. I see these guys with the fucking degrees, and they're like, I did this. When I, Harvard trained, to me, means, means absolutely shit. nothing when it comes to surgery. <laughs> well, well, on the on the research side, that's another story. But, yes. yeah, when it comes to yeah, surgery, yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, always a pleasure. Good luck. Appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for calling. 888 yeah, I meant, I meant to say welcome to the light. Yeah, he yeah, calls back and he's like, you know what? You guys are right. I was wrong. But in his defense, he knew it wasn't going to work. Is that really a defense, though? Not really. Because he still tried it. Yeah. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, caller, what's up? I will give you 10 seconds to say hello. Am I on the air? Yes, you are on the air. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I didn't realize you clicked over to me. Hey, uh, I've been listening to you guys for a few weeks and uh, I'm thinking about my first transplant. Uh, I've. Uh, Let me ask you, how did you find oh, us? How did you, how'd you find the show? Uh, going down rabbit holes online. And, you know, <laughs> clicking here, clicking there. And all of a sudden, I came right. across the ball of truth. Uh, and, right. I mean, I, I'm up usually at 4 in the morning. So, you know, I have got plenty of time to go down a bunch of different rabbit holes. And my hair has been bothering me for a long time. Uh, in fact, so long, I was in the original study for Propecia wow. back in the 90s. Wow. And, okay. uh, and I'm assuming and, they gave you the, uh, uh, the placebo. Just kidding. 
Uh, no, actually, they gave me the real deal, and uh, it worked, and uh, I don't take it anymore and stopped taking it because I was one of the ones who had some of the side effects. You had side effects early on during the trial or later on? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, during the trial. And then I tried to do it again and when I got older, and the side effects were even worse than when I was on the trial. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, okay. And so so I'm finally, so I, I've been listening to you guys, and, and I tell you what, I appreciate you because I've gotten uh, a lot of information when I contact uh, different doctors, and I've actually contacted three. Uh, and I think I'm leaning towards uh, Dr. Cooley in North Carolina, right. mainly because of you guys, not because that you endorse him, but y'all recommend the the strip as the first. Well, as the first transplant, we, if you're we, do it. We, if you're going to consider doing more than having more than one transplant and having a strip at any time in your life, it's better to have the strip first, as opposed gotcha. to having FUE first and then a strip. And so that's probably that's the main reason. So, but when I talk to people, I get what's you talk to different people, you get different uh, numbers. So I talked to one, he says I need seven thousand grafts. I talked to another, I need five thousand grafts. I talked to another, I need thirty five hundred grafts. I think I'm a probably a Norwood six. Between five and six. I think part of it depends on when when their kid's tuition is due. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, no, I, so honestly, I, I it's, a pra- about... it's a practice of medicine, man. There are there are, there are clinics that are used to they have the infrastructure and the team to perform cases with larger numbers of graphs more, uh, on a more consistent basis, and then there are clinics who are not. There are also physicians who believe that it's more appropriate to potentially do, you know, go a little lighter for the first procedure and see how far that can, that can go as far as you being happy with the results and you'll still have more hair in your donor bank for the future. Because I know one of the things medicine. you guys talk about is like expectations. Yes. And kind of managing your expectations. And, you know, so I go on these sites and I see the galleries and I look and, you know, I'm, I guess, kind of comparing and, and my expectation would, if it was not enough hairs, I would be like sorely disappointed, but I'm not, I'm willing to go back for more than one if need be. Okay. And you're, uh, you're probably going to need more than one. And that would be fine. I, I would be fine with that. So is, so, so don't, so basically, I, I guess I want your advice. So don't be so concerned with the number of graphs on the initial one. I'm going to let Joe speak to this, but I want to say this real quickly. It's not about not being concerned about the number, number of graphs on the initial one. It's about, your particular case, do you think it's reasonable that Clinic A recommended 7,000 grafts as opposed to Clinic B recommending 3,500 grafts? 
And given the research that you've done and your level of hair loss, which is more appropriate? You have to educate yourself on that as well. Joe, take it away. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I got to get clarification. Did you say that a clinic recommended 7,000 grafts via strip in one surgery? No, no, no. The, the, the 5,000 was two surgeries. The 7,000 were two surgeries, both FUE. The 3,500 okay. was the strip, one surgery. Right. And I assume that was from Cooley since you said you want to go with strip and Correct. that's yeah. why you're considering yeah. Cooley. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I don't have anything against, against big surgeries. Um, I, I cut my teeth on big surgeries. Like I used to work for Hasta Wong that were, you know, arguably at, at one point the kings of the big, the biggest hair transplant surgeries being performed. This is before the, 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 the giga sessions of FUE. Kings of the big surgeries. So I'm not against that. But they they don't always work out, and I, I think that you know based on based on my experience of of working around and with these large surgeries and seeing some of them not turn out to where you know arguably thirty percent or more grafts did not survive the procedure, which wasn't a common occurrence. Like it would happen, but it wasn't daily. Like it was it was fairly rare, but not unheard of. And I, I feel that those cases were still too many where, you know, 30% or more grafts were lost that could have been saved for a second surgery had that procedure not been so aggressive. Like, what caused those grafts not to grow? And you always have clinics say, well, send us photos or come back in and let's have a look. They don't know. They can't. No clinic can look at your scalp after you've had surgery a year later or a year before and say, Oh well, this is why it didn't work out. They have no idea. All they can do is look at the surgical notes from your surgery and see if there was any sort of issues that they thought might be questionable, where they'd have to modify their approach. Um, that's the only thing that they can do, which only means that they screwed up, and they'll never tell you that. Just so you know. So back okay. to your question, like you know, how do you how do you determine is is enough? For you, for your case, well, I think that when you uh, go ahead and just accept the fact that you're going to need at least not not at most, but at least two surgeries for your Norwood. I, I think you said your Norwood six, or you're classified as Norwood six. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah two yeah. two surgeries minimum, minimum. Even if you had seven thousand grafts in one surgery with FUE, you'll probably need a second surgery. Just maybe because of something didn't grow or maybe if you want to refine something because a lot of times it's like, uh, okay, I like the result. I'm really happy with it, but maybe just a little more in the corners and maybe a little bit more in the crown or whatever. There's always a reason, whether it's just hair greed on your part or a screw up on the on the clinic's part. So I think that when you have that potential, it doesn't mean that you have to take it. So okay. going going about it, you know, knowing that you already are going to have at least two surgeries to get to some sort of goal, whatever that may be, if it's realistic, I think it's safer to go with a, a smaller session. This is what I usually recommend to people. If they, even if they got a six thousand graft estimate or a, even a five thousand graft estimate presented to them by a clinic, I'll usually tell them, you know what, what's wrong with three thousand? Do the front, see how that works out, 
if it doesn't work out, you still got that extra 2000 that you didn't utilize that might be needed to repair the front if it doesn't look good. Or if it did okay. look good and you're, you're happy with it, then that 2000 will go a long way for the back, and you might be done. Gotcha. Okay. Well, all of my See, surgeries, all- I've had... I've had almost 12,000 12, grafts, maybe 12,000 by now. I forgot the count. And I've had 10 surgeries. Now, not all of those were designed to to add a cosmetic benefit. Some of them were little experiments, you know, like one's a, a, a scar revision. But the big ones that I had, which was, wait, three, three big surgeries via strip, they never got over 2,500 grafts. They were always between 24 and 2,500 grafts, each one of them. Okay. I wouldn't change a thing with that. Like, and I was I was more than Norwood six. I was almost a Norwood seven and a repair case. And I'm very happy with how those okay. turned out. And I wouldn't I wouldn't like if 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 someone said we can go back in time, we can do one surgery, you know, ten thousand grafts, and you're done. No. Joe I would, is a, I Joe want to. is a Norwood nine, never coming back. It was finished. And look at him now. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes so it's, it's almost that it's less is more on the initial, and it leaves a room for more graphs in the future to fill in and do the additional cosmetic things you want to do. Yeah, look, man, I, I think I think that's I personally believe that's the way to go. It's not that necessarily less is more. It's just that you know what's less can sometimes be appropriate in most cases, and I think that it provides you with. The ability to step back and assess your situation, see how well you grow, see, you know, and, and the last thing you want to do, and Joe's right about this, is you don't want to get a 5,000 graft case and realize, wait a second, I have some sort of fucked up issue where my grafts aren't growing. Yeah. Okay. You know, or. I've seen it happen. Or it may, may not be, you know, your own physiological issue, but, the, you know, that day the tech was a, you know, was a newbie. Now, what's your, what's y'all's thought on at the same time the PRP with a cell? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I I know PRP works for a fact as far as like I know people who who received PRP that have got very good results. I, I'm I've I've the whole a cell thing. I mean, I know that they they want to use this extracellular matrix, and this is a. a what is this? A bovine? Not this is a porcine. Uh, it's from mm-hmm. pig's bladder, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. I, I have mixed feelings. I, I don't think there's any real evidence that shows that using PRP with a cell per se is any type of is going to be more effective or efficient than just good PRP on its own. Okay. All right. What do you think, Joe? Well, he, I think he's talking about adding PRP during a procedure to, to the. I, 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 yeah. if I understand properly. It's it's not just PRP for the for the recipient, but it's also for the donor area for healing. Right? Is that the way it was explained to you? That's the way. I, that's the way I understand it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, there there's some clinics that do offer PRP with a cell, not just for um, supposedly. Uh, enhancing the final result aesthetically in a recipient, but also for um, enhancing the healing process in the donor region. Um, in the case of Dr. Cooley, like he's he's been 
offering that for several years now, and he's a big believer in it, and I and I appreciate that. Like I've had PRP with Dr. Cooley myself, and it did it did make a, a difference for me, uh, even in my extreme case. But I don't I don't believe that was that, the, that good was the surgery, penis PRP you had, right? That was a penis, yeah, yeah. The extreme it, case. I, I need a reduction. I need a yeah. reduction, and um, you know, every half foot helps. Oh, yeah. So I think. Um, I think good, clean surgery doesn't really need any sort of augmentation. It doesn't need any sort of help. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm talking good, clean surgery that was even performed, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I don't think it needs uh, external enhancements if it's done right to begin with. But that said, uh, if if it's been demonstrated to to assist in speed of healing reduction of donor scar width, um, which I know that he says it does, then why not? I, I'm not a fan of combining gotcha. uh, treatments, but you know, I, I do have a, I, I do believe in Dr. Cooley's approach. I do believe in his judgment because I've known him for a long time. Uh, I've been to his clinic, spent a lot of time with him talking about this stuff. He's a believer. He's a, he's a definite believer in this. He doesn't offer stuff he doesn't believe in. And I do have a trust in his judgment. So, you know, there is a contrast with what I believe versus what he practices in some cases. But use your judgment in this case. Just use logic. Ask questions. Um, Talking to Dr. Cooley about this, you'll get a good feel for it. And ask him if he can show some examples. Like, uh, I mean, there's not like a before and after, you know, that you can legitimately expect him to show because they don't exist. Uh, same patient with surgery and no pay, uh, PRP A cell, and same patient with surgery and PRP A cell. Like those don't exist. But okay. talk to him about it. Just just use your good sense and uh, listen to him and go from there. And la- last question is: so not being on finasteride and having a hair transplant, PRP should be. Do you think PR should be PRP should be uh, uh, every uh, annual eighteen month thing? To that's dependent maintain? strictly on the patient or the on the on the clinic. Uh, different clinics have different protocols. Like no PRP is the same. No two clinics do PRP the same unless one just recently trained in how to do PRP with another. They'll eventually change it based on their own opinions of things. Um, with regards to Doctor Cooley. Uh, he doesn't require it more than once a year. I, th- I think he sometimes has a second shot within or a second round in, within six months. But he usually thinks that one treatment is enough. And he has documented evidence where some patients have had results maintained for up to four years after one treatment. Okay. So right. I, 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 I strongly believe, though, that if you're thinking of surgery without finasteride and, and you're thinking of PRP as, as some sort of replacement therapy – Try PRP first without surgery. You're Norwood 6. So okay. if there's going to be a benefit, you'll definitely see it. And if that works for you, then the good news is that it means your graft count or the, the necessary number of grafts that, that are required for your procedure for your ultimate goal could potentially be lessened, which means less money and more donor hair in, your, in reserve for the future. All right. Now, should I go to Cooley for that too? If he's going to do the transplant uh, or just anywhere, I thought the last question uh, was the last question. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, I do that periodically. <laughs> yeah. 
I well, I, I think that if you're talking to Dr. Cooley, he's he's certainly one to consider. I mean, he has a very solid PRP protocol for sure. Uh, so does Dr. Joe Greco right. in in uh, in Florida. Uh, Dr. John Cole has a um, a nice uh, has nice results from PRP. Um, there's there's some good doctors out there that, that have that, but again, use your judgment. Just make sure you use your common sense with it. Ask for documented results. You know, can you show me cases of Norwood sixes that have had turnarounds with PRP, and go from there. If they can't show you, then just then why even consider it? It doesn't make sense. Okay. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate y'all's time. All right, man. Listen. Thanks. Good yeah. luck. Let us know what you do, and um, I'm glad that you're. You're willing to, to take a little bit more of a conservative approach. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. You got it. Joe, did you, uh, did you want to have time for one more call and call it a night, or did you want to just call it a night? I, did, I didn't even realize it was 10 past 5. Yeah, s- screw it. Let's do another one. Okay. Last call. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this, and where are you calling from? It's Morty from Brooklyn. <sighs> What a way to wind up the day. You know. That's, that's, that's what you get for taking one more call. <laughs> uh, there's, some poor, there's some poor Mulligan. guy that needs help Mulligan. on the line right now. Mulligan. Mulligan. <laughs> What's up, Morty? Uh, how's everybody? How oh, fantastic, man. It's, thank God, doing well. The weather's turning here, so it's not so cold, which is really nice. Yeah. I'm, you know. How's the scalp I'm, I'm very happy. Oh, it, it's gone, but another one showed up. But that—that's—that is what it is. <laughs> you know, there's a guy. There's a guy in my gym. He works uh, out with this other guy, and he's—he's—I—I I could see that he just had a hair transplant. And by the way, his donor looks mm-hmm. pristine, but he's constantly looking himself in the mirror. Last week, his hair—he had like a little redness. The redness has gone away now, but I see mm-hmm. this big pustule, and I want to go up to him yeah. and be like, "Who did your work, motherfucker?" <laughs> You know, because I have to tell you, yeah. the the donor looks pristine. I'm wondering if it's Verona, to be honest, because it looks like it look it looks like the work of Verona. But maybe next time I'm I ne- sure ne- next time he's uh, he's under the bench, I'll ask him. Cool. Yeah, no idea who Verona is. Um, listen, so I called because um, I have I have a friend who's been pestering me. He's on the fence about uh, taking a topical. Um, and just a generally very uh, obsessive, compulsive person. Uh, read entirely Wait, too much you, on the forums. Your friend? Obsessive, yeah. compulsive? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? That's weird. Man. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm calling him obsessive, compulsive, you can just imagine. And this is why. He asked me this question. And I told him to call him. I don't know if he did or not, but I suspected he didn't. Otherwise, you keep. You, you would have said so. But in any case, the question goes something like this. He found a study that showed that people with Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS, they found that there's some relationship between Lou Gehrig's disease and a, and a, a deficiency in DHT in the, ner- in the nerve cells. Oh, my and God. Great. Course, my grandfather yeah. had Lou Gehrig's disease. I've been on Finasteride <laughs> for 30 fucking years. I didn't need to hear that. <laughs> Oh shit! I didn't know. And that. I had to take I'm the sorry. last call. Jesus, Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking Morty, man. It's a bad fucking month how, to stop drinking. How old was he? <laughs> Dying his fifties. Yeah. Oh no! Next next week, well, Morty's going to anyway. call in saying, "Yeah, I read a study where if you have a hair transplant, your right leg will fall off after five years." Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I told him to call because, oh, geez. First of all, I'm really sorry about that, Spence. I had no idea. Um, but he, he basically, he basically, I told him, I said, look, I said, that may be the case, but I don't think, if the thing's been out for as long as it has, if there was an indication for Lou Gehrig's disease, I don't think this would still be on the market. And I said, if you want to talk to people who are the OGs with taking this stuff, you got to call these two guys. Yeah, but I'm not taking know? this call now, so fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've never heard that. It's an interesting study that he found somehow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just you, here's what you have to understand about all studies. Studies change. It's one group of fucking scientists or potentially idiots who did a study on mm-hmm. something. They get it published, and then it's out there for public consumption, mm-hmm. and it doesn't turn into anything. <clears throat> yep. That's the and way it is. it wasn't is. even about finasteride. This is about DHT. Yeah. You know? And, and so I told him, I said, look, I said, like I said, this, this has been in the market now for over 40 years. And people have been taking it a much higher dosage than you're going to get in a topical. And, you know, if, if this was an indication, it would have shown up. Um, that, that's, that's first off. The second thing is, is, is that you're still going to have some DHC left with these. I think it only gets rid of about 62% of it, from what I understand. That's about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you still got DHT for your brains. And if you're going topical, I'm guessing there's going to be plenty more in, in, it, in serum, except the research seems to show that serum DHT drops even with topicals. Yeah. But, to but your friend, honestly, this guy should not be on anything. If, yeah, he, if, he's, if he's bringing this study to the table, this guy should not yep. take any. This guy should shave his head. That's, well, that's what I told him. But then he's like, but I just don't want to lose my hair. And I'm like, you know what, man? <laughs> I'm about ready to tell him to go, to go, you know, go pound sand because the story's getting a little bit yeah. annoying. So. If, if, he's, if he's finding a study like that, mm-hmm. as soon as he does anything, he's going to be either be impotent or he's going to have some sort of – he's going to feel like one day he's going to have like – he's going to mm-hmm. get a cramp. He's going to think he has ALS. He's yep. going to forget something. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I get like, cramps in my hands, like if I'm writing, which is rare when I write. But I'm just like, oh my god, it's happening! And now with the DHC thing, it's going to be in my mind, double stroke. <laughs> I'm sorry, Spencer. Oh God, no idea. <laughs> well, I for one think that you got nothing to worry about. So yeah, put that uh, on my well, put that I on my tombstone. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Coburn thought he had nothing to worry yeah, about. He has nothing to worry about. God bless him. Yeah. Well, anyway, listen, I'm probably not going to call him next Friday because it is Passover. Yes. So, Spencer, have a have a season Pesach, and uh, I'll, I guess I'll probably call you guys the week after. Yeah. Thank I, you, I, Thank I you work all Jewish holidays. Yeah. So you, you need Moses to free you, man. <laughs> hey, listen, he did, and that's why I'm able to do this. This is true. Well, right, and, and we're all very grateful. I certainly am. Okay, guys, have a great night. Uh, thank and you, sir. We'll, see, we'll talk again soon. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks, Morty. Bye bye. You want to take a real last call, or you want to go? Let's take a real last call. I want right. to end. Fucking <laughs> a- na- I, I think Jesus about ALS Christ. to begin with. Does finasteride cause ALS? And now I got this shit on my fucking brain. PropeciaHelps.com is going to lose their damn minds now. Jesus. That's fucking Morty. Hey, you're on the air. Who's this? 
you guys got me coming in loud and clear here? Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, cool. So I know you guys, you know, you did me a solid here. We're kind of getting a little bit late here, but uh, a little bit of background. Uh, my name is, um, <clears throat> name's Caleb. Uh, I'm actually from Ohio. Hey, Caleb. Um, Hello, Caleb. And, yeah, I am currently um, about eight months post-op. Uh, did 3,200 uh, graphs FUE with Jerry Wong. Um, okay. So, Pleased with uh, how things have have gone so far. Um, I'm a Caucasian, um, and we got 2.35 uh, 2.35 hairs uh, per graft, which I think is a little okay. above average. So a lot of triples in there. Um, so mm-hmm. I think for the area we rebuilt because I'm 24 now. Okay. Um, okay. So I would say about probably in Norwood. I'd say Norwood four with a little bit of diffuse in there is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So on finasteride and minoxidil, I'm just trying to give you guys some background, like I said. Um, so I guess my main, kind of my first question to you guys was, you know, I think you kind of get these, you know, when you go online, you have, you know, you got slow growers and fast growers and you have kind of that, that middle range there. Um, uh-huh. I feel like I'm, I feel like I was maybe about a month and a half, if I had to guess and extrapolate, I feel like I was about a month and a half behind the, you know, fast growers or, or the people who are average to above average fast growers. Um, Cause you know, when I was at five months, five months post-op, I had like these areas on my temples that grew in kind of quicker. And then the front hairline and, and really the rest of it was very, very wispy at five months, you know, a lot of see through. Um, I just kind of wanted to get And now, you know, I'm really starting to see, you know, you see the rest of the hair starting to pop up and you kind of realize like, Oh, I'm just a, a slower grower. You know, it's just the, the physiology of the body. I mean, would you guys agree with that? Can you repeat that question? Like uh, that last part? <laughs> I just, I just wanted to wait no, and see if Joe was listening. No, I was, but, no, but the cool. last part got, got kind of. I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, here, well, I'm here. glad Joe's listening because uh, you know Joe's, you know Joe's worked at that clinic for. I think he worked there for a certain period of time, if I'm remembering correctly. He did and eleven years, I, and that's why I was like, "Is this guy listening?" I put the camera on him. And I'm like, oh, he's going to ask you to re- he's going to ask you to repeat the fucking question. And you know, just, I always, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it was definitely, you know, I think it's cool that he worked there just because you know they've been on the front lines of, you know, a lot of innovations in the industry 100%. and just so many, you know, breaking mm-hmm. new ground. And then you just see, you know, what happens when, like, I have a couple of buddies that, you know, are 20s or 30s that are looking at, you know, maybe one of them's looking at getting surgery done, and they're, you know, they're talking about turkey. And I've, I've told him, like, you need to look up what it looks like when you get a botched surgery in your donor, especially, because you don't want to know well, what that the, looks like. Well, the, the, the average surgery from Turkey, like, if you get a great surgery from Turkey, it means that you've you found a gem in a sea of, you know, rocks, because there, there's not many. There, there's more, there are more clinics in Turkey uh, per capita than any, any other place on the planet. And so to find a good clinic is a real... Uh, strike of good luck, but go back to your question. Let, let, let me let me hear that again. Uh, so my my question to you is, um, like, if you had to pick, you know, like, let's say at, at five months, the people who are kind of the fast growers, where at five months they've got really mature, more mature, enough mature hair that it really frames the face, and there's not too much see through. And I know it depends on the density, obviously. But let's say you got like a moderate dense pack, like you know, sixty, fifty-five, sixty, sixty-five FUs per centimeter squared. 
would you say like a fast grower is the guy where at five months, like it really frames the face and there's not like a bunch of see-through effect, would you say? Yes, that's a fast grower. And then, you know, a slow grower. Okay, yeah. That's kind of what I figured. And then, uh, you know, a slow, an average. Listen, listen. One thing I learned long ago when people are talking about what they can expect for growth is, and and I've said this so many times, like I can't count how many times I've said this. Don't expect the first signs of life when it comes to new growth till between three and five months. After five months is when things start to kick in. And even then, like if you've got, like if you're one of these guys that has an established frame to the face with coverage in the frontal third or whatever at five months, I don't say count yourself lucky, but you're not, you're not, I, I don't think that you're in the realm of the average patient. And even if you do have uh, a night and day difference at five months, you still got potentially a lot more of improvement to go. And, and what's interesting is when I, I realized this a long time ago, I used, I did an old, like a long time ago, I did a video on this before I was even, before this channel was even in existence. Um, when you have a large area of loss, like in your case, you said you were a Norwood 4 or Norwood 4 or 4A, but around there. When you get that initial growth and you do see a difference, additional improvements are harder to notice because it's not so much of a night and day difference from no hair to having hair. Even if it's no hair to thin hair, that's a huge, huge change in your appearance. And improvements beyond that where new hairs are popping through in between the hairs that have already popped through, they're more difficult to quantify visually. And so once you reach that first step where you do have a visible change, and, and uh, continued improvements are harder to recognize aesthetically. It takes longer right. for, for those changes to, to accumulate into something that you can visualize uh, as an improvement. Does that make sense? Right, because everything's relative. You know, like if you have the, you know, the guys who are a guy who's 50 or 60 years old and he's in Norwood 6, and you give him, you know, 35 grass per centimeter squared over his whole head... I mean, most people are like, oh, that's kind of thin. But if you give that, but he's thrilled about that because, you know, he's slick bald and most of his friends are probably still more bald than that. But if it's a teenager and kids, you know, 20 years old, 20, 25 years old, you know, he's he's looking for that, you know, Tom Cruise style head of hair. So for him, 35 centimeters square, it's about perspective. Always he's fucking Tom Cruise. It's either Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. <laughs> and, it's, and it's always the, the, more Tom the... Cruise or Brad Pitt. Yeah, <laughs> Brad Pitt's like where are you Where one, are you getting you know, these numbers? You said something about your own density between, like, I thought I heard you say fifty-five to sixty-five. What do you talk? Where do you get this from? Um, well, it's just an estimate because you know you can kind of you can get you can get a range. Obviously, if you look who? at the area, who gave you this estimate? The number of graphs. Is, it, is this your is this oh, your my, estimate? Oh, no, or Dr. no, Wong? no. Yeah, this is my estimate. No, Doctor Wong. No, okay. absolutely not. This is my own. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't don't worry don't worry about the, don't estimate that kind of stuff because you'll be disappointed. Every time, right, right. Every time, understood. Yeah. Just, just don't, don't, don't bother with that because it, it's irrelevant. Uh, it, it depends on the angle, how the hair lays. Like one thing, one thing that you'll get from Doctor Wong that few doctors will be able to deliver is better coverage, graft for graft, than a, a lot of other clinics can can produce. Uh, 
because of the layering effect that the lateral slit technique uh, allows for flat blades, coronal angle slits, uh, or incisions in the recipient area, um, that uh, the, the better the coverage gives the illusion of better density. And I, I think that's something that's, that's you had 3,200 graphs and you're nowhere to four. That's something that you really need to latch onto because density, uh, you know, based on estimates, that's, it's meaningless, absolutely meaningless. So please just wipe that from your memory and just uh, hang on for the ride because you got improvements to come. Five months is way early, and I think that to expect uh, you know a huge change as far as like the entire top being covered and and um, you know enough to style and you know any sort of improvements are just going to be just icing on the cake. I think that's wishful thinking. A lot of people do get that, but if you do, you're definitely ahead of the curve. Don't expect it. Um, hang tight. Your ride is like, you're just now getting ready to go for the ride. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I know you guys are, I know you guys are probably trying to wrap this up quick. So I guess I'll make the, I'll make the last question here a quick one. Um, I know you were just discussing, um, you know, the, the mega sessions and the giga sessions and how, you know, some people have these, these, you know, physiological differences in their body where for whatever reason, you know, when you're doing a transplant with whatever number of grafts, just some of them just don't grow, whatever. Um, I didn't say physiological differences. It it, it's a, it's a clinic every time. It's rare okay. that it's b- okay. due to something that the patient did. Full stop. So you're, you're saying, like for example, let's say you know you did a 3,200 graft surgery, and everything went really, really, really well. And then you're like, okay, let's say whatever I want to do. Let's say a you know a massive FUT, you know a really big FUT giga session, and you've got the donor and and laxities to support that. Um, is that cool because you're like, okay, I had the surgery, it went well, you know, same clinic, top flight. At that point, are you more comfortable with that, really? Um, you mean as a second surgery to do a, 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 right. a mega session? Right, or yeah. a big... like down the line. Um, well, in your case, I don't think it would even be necessary because you, you just got 3,200 grafts with FUE. You're a Norwood 4. You wouldn't need a a mega or a giga session. So the question is kind of moot, but you know, I mean, for curiosity's sake, um, being 24, no, I don't, I definitely don't think that's in the cards. I think that taking a measured approach, uh, from here on out, pretty much like you already did, like 3,200 graphs. It's still like for a strip that would be considered to be, I wouldn't say small, but, uh, uh, that's a solid number. But to go higher than that, especially at this point, I mean, you're 24 years old. Don't take this the wrong way, but you're a baby in the grand scheme of things. Like, you're just starting your your, your adult life, as it were. Um, Who the fuck's going to take that you just the wrong gotta, way? I would love you to tell you, me you that. Just, you just got 3,200 graphs. You're only five months out. I know you're thinking hypotheticals here, but even if you were to tell me, you know, uh, your, your four results is out and you, know, you think it worked out great, um, you don't need a, a giga session or mega session ever in your future. Doesn't matter. Like, yeah, no, unless I, you wait, uh, I, uh, unless you uh, didn't take medication, and for the next twenty-five years, you just continue to lose your native hair, and from your mid scalp on back into your crown, it was a black hole. Then maybe mega session, but even then, it's like assuming nothing better is available. I'd say still, you know, go in smaller sessions, 3,000 graphs here, 2,000 graphs there. 
Um, because when you see how things manifest after each procedure, you're better able to make adjustments for the next procedure where if you do all of it at once, you go back and you're like, mm, maybe I think we missed something or maybe we should have done it like this and we could, you know, we, we, we would have been able to make adjustments had we piecemealed this along the way. That's the downside. That's one of the downsides of doing big sessions is you can't go back and, and fix uh, what you missed. You got to go for a second session. So it's like you still got to do a second session. So what's the difference? Even if everything grew, right? Right, right. Which, I mean, I definitely agree. Like, you know, all things being equal, you know, it's nice to do, you know, spread those sessions out. But obviously you do have the sake of, you know, because you always want to wait a year, right? So if you do split them up and you got two years instead of one year and, of course, it appeals to, you know, the instant gratification, right, or the delayed gratification that you're like, oh, I just want to, yeah. you know, be one and done. Um, well, especially in your case because you you're it? young. Like, you, you had your hair just probably five years ago. Native hair. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, it, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely... So it's it's um, fresh in your memory. And that, that was always a challenge when I was dealing with younger patients is it was harder for me to show them the way, as it were, to show them the light because in their head they're like... Well, it was just yesterday I had my hairline. I want it back. And they didn't understand why they couldn't have it back the way they had it and why a mature hairline would be, you know, it's just, just one of the things I used to deal with. But I, I think that, um, yeah, your, your question makes sense. But, you know, I, I was going to say, like, uh, one, of, one of my members, uh, Haddington Hair in Switzerland, um, they just released a video about an 8,000 graph strip case. Beautiful result, and Haddington Hair is one of the best in the world when it comes to big strip. Like they're they're a great clinic in general, but uh, their strip surgery is I I'd, I wouldn't even say it's second to Hassan Wong. Like they're on the same level you of Hassan right Wong when it comes Hassan to Wong. I put them at you the same Haddington? level as Hassan Wong. Haddington Hair, H A T T I N G E N in Switzerland, phenomenal clinic. Great people. Oh, is that is that um, FUE expert? Is that what you're talking about? FUE no, having in hair. Uh, that's what I'm talking doctor, about. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, that's yeah, a different one. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's the name of the clinic. Having in hair, and the 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 doctors are Doctor Sever Mersenu and his wife Doctor Laura Mersenu. Lovely people. Um, they had an eight thousand graph session that they just uh, released. One shot strip surgery. Beautiful result. And you know, like I'm impressed. I always love seeing when they when they work out. But it's one of those cases that worked out. And just like with with them, uh, or just like with Hassan Wong, the majority of their big cases work great. But every clinic doesn't matter if it's a small surgery or a big surgery, if it's FUE, if it's FUT, a combination doesn't matter. Every clinic on the planet that has been doing this for long enough to be a recognized clinic has had failures. Dramatic failures of all sorts. Right. Bad right. scarring, horrible growth, sometimes both bad scarring and horrible growth. So when I see these cases like this that, that work out, I, I'm not like, you know, wiping my brow, you know, in relief. I'm happy because I know that this is what they do. And I'm happy for the patient. I'm happy for the clinic, you know, another success story, happy for the patient, you know, another happy patient. And they're, they're stoked, obviously. But those cases are not something that I think everyone or anyone should uh, aspire to. If they are, you know, if that's suggested to them by a clinic that has experience doing this and they understand as a patient that it might not work out. And if it doesn't work out, then they've just wasted, 
you know, X number of percentage points of their total viable donor hair, then fine, go for it. But don't go in expecting it to be one of these home, home run results. Just thank your lucky stars if it winds up being one of these home run results that you see online. For every every right. ten and, great cases that you see on a gallery of a patient of a of a, a clinic website, there's maybe two cases that patients are pretty upset, or at least not completely satisfied. And and the level of hair transplant porn now on social media, it would make you think that everybody uh, they're getting these spectacular results, these high number cases. And that any physician on the planet who's offering this, these these uh, procedures can make it happen. And that's the end of the call. I hope, <laughs> I hope we're able to help. Oh, can you can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. I thought you said that's the end of the call. I don't know. I thought I misheard you there. <laughs> yeah, no. But, I, that's um, exactly what I did no, say. I, we're going to cut you off right now, dude. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, I appreciate you guys <laughs> appreciate you guys talking to me. <laughs> well, I yeah, appreciate no it. I, I'm, gl- I'm, gl- I'm glad that you're, no. you're doing well. I'm glad you sound like you, you did a lot of research. You made the right decision. You couldn't have yeah. picked a, a better. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to go, you got to go big or go home with this type of thing, man. You cannot, you can't cut corners and, and, you know, you get to the point where, you know, if you're in the hands of, you know, real trusted professionals, you just got to do your part. I can, yeah. t- I can tell you this, that today in yeah. North America and in Europe, there's at least 2,000 or more people whose lives will never be the same. And I'm talking about in a bad way because yeah. they didn't do their due diligence. They went for, you know, uh, something that they saw on their social media feed or they just weren't candidates at all for hair transplant surgery. And they have no idea yet that their lives will never be what they once were. So I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, appreciate you guys sticking around. So I'll, maybe I'll talk to you guys in a week or two. See Anytime, man. Give us a call. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks for calling. Sure. Later. Okay, bye-bye. Appreciate Call is on the line. I'm sorry. We got to go. Got to go. I'm just glad we didn't end the show on the ALS thing. Damn, Oh, <laughs> I forgot about it for a second, man. Well, that's what the call was for. Now I'm going to have I'm gonna have to get Donald Jack Daniels and just Google that shit all night. No, I'm going to have to drink to forget it. <laughs> the problem is when I That's drink. That's my excuse. When I drink, you think that you forget stuff, but everything gets like magnified, like smoking dope, you know? Smoking dope, smoking weed. And I'll get online and I'll, be, I'll just be like, all right, well, I had a good life. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Speaking so of see ya, let's do the websites. Yeah. Joe, would you mind giving yeah. out the websites? I would not, Spencer. Okay. Uh, starting with the websites uh, that you should all go and visit once you're done watching this podcast. Starting up with apethegentleman.com. It is the UK variant of the – I shouldn't use that word. It's the UK version of The Bald Truth. It's The Bald Truth UK with Spencer Speck Stevenson and this guy over here, Spencer Cobrin. Uh, it's hosted exclusively on apetogentleman.com. Great website for men's grooming and all that all that fun stuff. But yeah, great resource. Go check it out uh, for great episodes there. Uh, let's see. My personal story can be found on hairtransplantmentor.com and what I've been through as a patient before and during my tenure as a professional in this industry called hair restoration. And uh, what else is on there? Oh yeah. Uh, world's most comprehensive 
uh, terms and definitions or glossary of hair loss and hair restoration terms. And of course, the doctors that I work with that I feel are worth your consideration based on my own standards, uh, one of which being uh, at the very least, a member, accepted member of the IAHRS International Alliance of Hair Restoration Surgeons. That's IAHRS.org. Uh, safe place to start. Not the end all be all of physicians to consider for your hair restoration surgery, but it is a safe place to start because uh, they do have a level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, scrutiny that they have to go through to become accepted members. And it's based on professional standards. So it's something to consider. Uh, professional standards of being in the industry or being involved with the industry for over 20 years. So it's, I think that's important to consider when people are wondering, well, what, what do those standards mean? Something to consider. Uh, of course, American Hair Loss Association, AmericanHairLoss.org. It is the single most referenced resource online anywhere in the world, bar none, when it comes to mass media ABC News, uh, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, needing some sort of validation for the hair loss or hair restoration article that they're writing. So when they say, uh, you know, well, like when they're talking about Jada Pinkett uh, from uh, the infamous slap her around the world and her uh, alopecia whatever, they never, they never went further than alopecia. It's alopecia something. It's like saying it's a gun. Well, what, it's a cult. What kind of cult? Well, Okay, Colt 57, Colt whatever. It's not just alopecia. It's alopecia something. Is it alopecia areata? Is it traction alopecia? Is it androgenetic alopecia? I mean, is it androgenetic alopecia? This chick looks like, and it could be partially makeup, but looks like she just has a nice buzz cut. That is not the typical way that uh, alopecia areata is presented. Exactly. Some people did say that as areata, but they don't know. Well, in the news, but, because they, they're assuming that she said that she has alopecia, that's alopecia areata, because that's what everyone, they, yeah. they think uh, that's the condition. All alopecia yeah. is a fucking condition. Androgenetic alopecia for men and for women. You ask any woman with androgenetic alopecia, she has a condition. Trust me, she'll tell you she has a condition. Go ahead, Jess. Of course. So like I was saying, um, like in the case of Jada Pinkett, American Hair Law Association is the referenced uh, body that is used to validate the article, to say, uh, as seen in or according to American Hair Law Association. I think it's a very important distinction to be made when you're, you're looking at uh, resources that actually have teeth to them, that actually mean something. And American Hair Law Association is at the top of the heap. Uh, what else is there... I think that's it. Oh, uh, my YouTube channel. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, iTunes, anything like that, you can watch this live in video, the magic of video, uh, streaming here on my channel, youtube.com slash hair transplant mentor. And that's it. Back to you. Did we mention Ape the Gentleman? That was the first thing I mentioned. Yeah, I don't, I'm not talk listening. About, I'm, talk I'm, about not paying attention. Yeah, I'm texting one of my uh-huh. bitches. <laughs> one of my bitches. So, all right, guys, listen. All right. Great show. Joe, fantastic job as usual. Thank you. Joe knows I bust his balls a little bit. It's kind of like, you know, the big brother, little brother thing. I just, I, it's in me because my brother, let him rest in peace, tortured me. Yeah. So it's just part of me, my big sister. It's part of what I do. <laughs> I, I, I bust balls a little bit. But uh, I couldn't be um, more proud to have a co-host like Joe Tillman. God, honestly, 
you know shit. I think I, I know a lot. I know a lot. I know where all the bodies are buried. I've been doing this for a long time. But I never worked for a clinic, and I've never had a hair transplant. What you bring to the table is invaluable. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you here at TBT. Until next time, guys. Be strong. God bless. And thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Thank you very much. I'm sorry for any inconvenience you may have been put to prior to the program, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. And if you could now leave by the exits at the rear, that would be splendid. Thank you. Good night. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Bald Truth. You know, the broadcast streams live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. If you'd like to watch the show or see us in studio, call us live, ask any questions. If you have any concerns, if you just want to vent, you can check us out on Joe Tillman's YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash hair transplant mentor. Or you can watch and listen to us live on theballtruth.com. 